Welcome to the green room with Claude and Justin. Uh, we're just lamenting again uh, the sort of unconvincing stakes uh, that were sometimes displayed on the show. And uh, Justin had to bring up a good point about Widmore. So what were you saying? Yeah, so, you know, occasionally I pop open a, a season six or a season five episode just to see, you know, what it looks like now. Um Hoping that I guess I guess like the blind hope is that somehow I'll look at it and get it, you know, it'll all just make more sense somehow if I think about it. Um but usually that's not what happens. Usually I get more frustrated, so that's what happened in this case. Um so I was watching the second to last episode where uh <clears throat> where uh Widmore, you know, finally uh you know, comes to the island and he's gonna go carry out his mission um, that's, you know, spoiler alert, never going to get carried out. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, eventually Ben betrays him, and then, like, the man in black goes and finds him in the closet, and, and, um... <laughs> Who's hiding that closet, Charles Widmore? <laughs> Can you believe that? I mean, honestly, this is, this is one of those, th- I think there should be a list of, like, astonishments that I have with this show, and I, it's astonishing to me that Charles Widmore, the sort of, you know, I guess number three villain on the show after Man in Black and Ben. Yeah. Uh, ben is kind of weird because he's a protagonist, too. But He switches, um, but... He switches, but, I mean... He's a, he was a major least, villain. He's at least number three. Yeah. And it's sometimes, obviously, number one. Yeah. Yet, he ends up cowering in a closet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's where his character ends up. And it's just weird to me that, like, that's you know, that's what they got out of that was this magnanimous man who was like, who, you know, in season two, who was Widmore, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And, and the mysterious like, Widmore pregnancy test. <laughs> exactly. The, the Widmore on the air balloon. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, the, not weather balloon, but uh, hot air balloon. Yeah, the hot air balloon. And, uh, you know, it's all that stuff came down to him hiding in Ben's secret closet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, you know his his enemy secret closet. Yeah. Uh, while while uh, an even bigger foe, uh, you know, just just totally dominates him. So I think that's just one of those things that you can tell in a in a way that you know Widmore's arc, you know, his character story wasn't sort of written from beginning to end. Uh, you know, before before the major pieces were in place. That's obviously an arc of, of a sort of organically written character. Um, because yeah. I don't think you would do that. You don't think you would have your, your, your main villain just sort of lose, really, and not yeah. have a sort of really interesting ending. I agree. It's It definitely <laughs> sort of reeks of, we got a lot of shit to do, and we just need to get rid of this Widmore guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's not he's not going to serve a purpose for us anymore. So you know, I mean, they definitely had you know the grand finale with Jack in mind. I think. Yes, totally. You know, like that's a real ending. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, that that's just like house cleaning. You know, like we we just you know we can't just have Widmore roaming around at the end of the show. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so what are we going to do with him? And they decided, yeah, he'd go out cowering in a closet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, yeah, I agree. It's a great disappointment, really, because Widmore definitely had his moments. Um, 
despite the fact that, you know, he had such a really uh, disappointing ending. Yeah, but so back to what you were saying about his his belief in the idea that if Man in Black left the island, uh, the world would, would be destroyed. Yeah, so I'm watching that scene when Man in Black goes in there, and he's like, you know, hey, uh, tell me what I want to know, or I'm going to, you know, or when I get off this island, I'm going to go kill your daughter. And, you know, and then Widmore's like, oh, whatever, you'll just kill her anyway. And, you know, it's which is just, you know, kind of a standard cliche line that people say to villains, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what you want to know. You'll just do it anyway. I can't trust you. You can't you know? trust him, yeah. Like, I think that's all he's saying there. Um, and uh, and Man of Black says, no, no, no. I give you my word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he tells him. He just he just tells him. And, uh, and then, you know, immediately thereafter, Ben shoots him and says, you know, he doesn't get to save his daughter. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the end of Widmore. But, you know... Dying, uh, dying, not even by a man in black. See, and that was, that's the thing. You don't, we don't ever actually get to find out, of course, if man in black, if Locke's, you know, man in black's word was true or not. He doesn't get to follow through with his promise or his, right. or his word because Ben comes in and makes it about him and says, you know, I, I'm really petty and I'm going to, you know, just kill Whitmore. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, but according to Man in Black, you know, he, Whitmore's already told him the secret. So, so the information was passed, and like you said, like all, yeah. all that negotiating completely irrelevant now. Mm-hmm. You know. And and they just they you know they just they made irrelevant why Ben shot him because the information was actually already passed. Yeah. So really all you get when you do the math is Widmore dead. You know, yeah. everything else cancels itself out as a reason for that scene, really. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So at least in terms of that in terms of that last bit of exchanges between those characters. It's like Right. Yeah, right, because if like he didn't tell if he didn't if Ben shot him before he told Man in Black, then Man in Black's gonna be pissed at Ben. Yeah. You know, but as it is, he's like, oh, Ben, he already told me what I needed to know. Mm-hmm. And so then, it, yeah, then it, like, it negates It invalidates, it invalid, yeah, it negates what, why Ben even did what he did. Because if Ben, if Ben would have known he already told him what he needed to know, he wouldn't have, he didn't need to shoot him. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it's not, the whole point of shooting him was so that he wouldn't get the chance to tell him. And and thereby, you know, supposedly save his daughter, you know. So, I mean, as you've noted, uh, that scene's got problems already. It doesn't need yeah. more. Um, but uh, but then, you know, I think back to an earlier scene with Widmore and Jen. I didn't remember the exact lines, but I pulled them up. And uh, <laughs> thank you, Internet. <laughs> here they are. Charles Widmore says to Jen. If that thing masquerading as John Locke ever got off this island, your wife, your daughter, my daughter, everyone we know and love would simply cease to be. I came here to make sure that doesn't happen. So so he even mentions Penny specifically mm-hmm. <laughs> as someone who's going to die. I mean, Man in Black hasn't threatened her yet. 
there, there's no there's no direct like he's gonna go kill her. The point is, and what he's saying is everybody, everybody's yeah. gonna die. Everybody. So so Charles, if you really think that, then <laughs> <laughs> then why are you negotiating with Charles the man in black? Charles Woodmore to the stand, please. Charles Woodmore to the stand. <laughs> First question from the prosecution. <laughs> I mean, what is it, Charles? Do you believe that or not? Mm-hmm. Because I think he, I think he's overreacting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of hyperbole, you know, old chap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot I'm of hyperbole, al- Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I like how now you're in a first name basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. You're through with the formalities. You're like, listen here, man. Explain yourself. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, it's uh, so he's basically saying, and he, and it's actually one of the few times that we we get that that stake really articulated, right? I mean, yeah. so much of it before then is this idea of the world is going to end, but he's the one that actually says, sort of specifically, this like cease to be thing. Yeah, you know. Which is sort of in conflict trapped with with what it seems like, you know, the the other idea of uh, Man of Blake getting off the island, which is that he would just sort of indiscriminately kill people or something like that, right. or he would, or or the, I guess the third the idea is his evil claiming power would spread, which effectively would kill people. You know, there's, yeah. there's so many ideas of what it means for him to get off the island, but Woodmore yeah. is saying this idea of ceasing to be and. Um, you know, it just makes me think that what he's hinting at and what they could have done to bridge a lot of these problems with not only, you know, this, but with the flash sideways and with the ghost stuff is to say something like, man in black leaving the island is effectively something like, like putting out the light was, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they hint at that, right? But they never, they, they should have just explicitly said, you know, like, that, you know, the the same way that the flash sideways has to do, you know, with the light that they go into at the end and all this stuff, you know, it should have just been like if he gets off the island, nobody gets to have this purgatory world, which is important for moving on. Mm-hmm. The, the end, you know, he effectively, you know, would be damning people to like Michael or something or just to be stuck as a ghost or something, mm-hmm. you know. They never connected what the stakes were. And and like you said, I think before we started recording the green room, it's like in the end with Christian when uh you know, the end episode, him and Jack are talking in the chapel, it's like he specifically doesn't make it about the island. He says the purpose, the most important thing was your time with these people, you know. So there again they don't bridge the flash sideways with their island experiences. You know, they don't make it in, they, they don't make it connected in terms of uh, what happens on the island specifically matters for their fly sideways. Yeah. You know, it could have been anywhere else, you know. Yeah. Uh, which kind of makes it like two different stories. You know, it's like the story about these people who meet in an extreme circumstance mm-hmm. that binds them so strongly that they move together to a, to the next life. Yeah. You know, that meets this show about a mysterious island Mm-hmm. Uh, with, you know, it's like it's two different shows sort of put together, and, and obviously, you know, we keep talking about that, you know, that's the theme of of analyzing loss is the camp that was interested in the mysteries and the and the questions and the answers and stuff and the camp uh, for the characters. Yes. You know. Yes. 
And, you know, I like to think I cared about both to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just I feel like stories are stronger when the character side of the story ties in to the plot yeah. side of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, the, the characters overcoming their problems is directly related to resolving the problems of the plot. Mm-hmm. You know, and so saving the island should be connected to, you know, the characters saving themselves in the, in the purgatory. Yeah, or something like I mean, that. that's, that's very, you know, standard storytelling. I mean, if you look at sort of generally sort of any, any, any movie, but, you know, the general structure of movies is by, you know, is a characters are trying to solve problems. So that's obvious in like action movies, right, where somebody's trying to get from point A to point B in a specific amount of time and there's obstacles in their way and they come up with different plans for the obstacles. For, for, you know, for trying to surmount the obstacles, you know. And if you look at something like Aliens, you'll notice that, you know, sort of right away, pretty early on, their main plan is to get the alien, you know, to, to funnel the alien through the air shaft directly mm-hmm. to, the, to, the, to the air duct and, and send it out into space. So Lost misses that, you know. Like by the midway of Lost, you don't have what the goal is of right. the show. You know, you don't get that till the very, very, very end, really. Yeah. Uh, of what that really means, uh, of you know, this whole idea of Jacob recruiting people to take over his place. You know, so that's that's kind of you know an obvious example of how you you can't really get that same level of satisfaction with with the characters in terms of it being integrated with the plot because they're they're throwing these major plot points at you so late in the game. You know, because, you know, season, you know, the early seasons wasn't wasn't really about that plot-wise. You know, so the, so what the right. plot's about changes, too, right? <laughs> That's the other problem. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they... You spend all that time with the others, and the others don't matter at all. <sighs> the only other who matters is Ben and, and then Richard, and then, you mm-hmm. know, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, maybe Juliet. And Jacob, like, if you count him as one of the other... <laughs> I don't. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't consider himself one of the others, so why should I? Fair enough. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you spend a lot of time on, on, on that character stuff, and it doesn't really sort of go back into what the main plot is about. Right. Um, you know, I think they could have maybe done a whole other season on just just the light cave stuff, you know. Sure. Flash, flash us back to the Egyptians, why don't you? I'm sure there's some... Awesome Egyptian characters, you know, who had some interesting things to say and maybe some interesting lower back tattoos or something. Uh, <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? Like, and just give us some, give us some more stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, that's a different show. <laughs> it is a different show, and I understand, you know, that they sort of decided not to do that. Um, and make it, you know, more about just resolving the characters. I, I but I, I still feel like they could have done that and still, um, you know, had had the island story resolve in a way that was more connected to the characters. And I think that just would have felt stronger, you know, just overall. Like even if, like, yeah, they, you know, they didn't have that in mind at the beginning. But you know, I mean, writing's a process, you know, and like. Yeah. I, I think, you know, they could find a way. Like, I think with Jack, they almost did it. You know, I, I feel like his redemption was saving the island. 
But, you know, in, they, they, they missed it. It's like they ran up to me, in my mind, I always feel like they ran up to the finish line after a marathon and they stopped one of the short. <laughs> and they didn't have Christian say, Jack, exactly. you had what it took. You know, and maybe, and I feel bad for wanting it to be so explicit, but I feel like it's not, it's not, it's not crazy for him to say that, for Jack to want to, to need to hear that as a character, for that to be satisfying, you know, it's not, you know, I feel like, I feel like that's the subtext, but I feel like it's, his character in the audience deserves to actually hear him say that, to hear that coming from the writers that, yes, his journey is finally complete. Yeah. You know. And, like, I don't um, – yeah, I, I would have liked to hear that, you know, particularly for the relationship with him and Christian, which, like, you know, we've seen the episode about recently. Like, remembering how bad it was, like, it, you know, it does feel kind of inadequate what they do with it at the end. How bad the relationship was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just on a character level, you know, that that could be better. On the other hand, like, what I want to hear from Christian is – Something about the island. I mean, this is a crappy line, but something like, you know, you saved the island, Jack. You saved the world. You know, that, you know that's why you're all here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I want to hear. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think, it, like I was trying to sort of say earlier, I think they could have, Christian could have said something to the extent that saving the island, keeping a place for the light to shine is the same thing as keeping everyone alive. You know what I mean? It's the same thing yeah. as as allowing life to continue to, to, to you know, uh, to move to higher levels or something, you know, to that, or, or the island is the bridge between our world and the next, the, the next, you know what I mean? Like the flash sideways thing, you know. Right. Like, that's what I think they're, they're, they should have been able to pretty easily say, you know, and make it obvious that if the island goes, then, you know, that's a problem for, for us wanting, you know, moving on to the afterlife. Yeah. You know. To me, that's an interesting, you know, sort of, you know, uh, plot uh, point to make is that, oh, no, you know, it's not some, you know, it's not like the villain is trying to, you know, uh, bomb a bridge. The villain is trying to, you know, stop people from having an afterlife or something. Right. That's, uh, you know, that's interesting. It is. It is. And, like, they have the raw materials for that story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they would have to stretch no, what they no, actually show. It's not that they just had the raw materials. They built the structure and okay. put the paint, the paint on it. They did everything but <laughs> name it that. They did everything but call it that. You know yeah. what I mean? They did all the work. It's already there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. It's it's like, beyond it's beyond raw materials. They got the whole fucking house there. They just they have it there. They yeah. just refuse to call they it a house or go live just, in it. Exactly. Exactly. They just didn't call it a house. <laughs> like that looks like a house to me, but they didn't say it was a house. So I can't, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. Something. And as it stands for Jack, it's sort of like he just so happened to die saving a mysterious island. But you know, really, really, the most important thing was that he met some people and spent some quality time with. It makes them. it. It makes it seem like the problem with Jack and and Christian was that Jack didn't have a lot of friends growing up and he would mm-hmm. never he would never bond with people. I feel like that's the origin point for what they wrote at the end for Jack in yeah. terms of how they resolved him with Christian. I feel like that's that to me is the beginning. It's like, okay, here's a guy who whatever for whatever issues with his dad or his parents, he has he he's having some emotional you know, I feel like that's what you get out of that. Someone yeah. who can't 
or feels like he can't connect to people or, yeah. you know, uh, something like that. Um, or he always feels like because, you know, he's a doctor, he won't, you know, he will only see people as patients and not mm-hmm. as, you know, whatever you want to say. But um, then then I would be like, okay, what they gave us was a satisfying end to that. Yay, Jack managed to bond with people and move on. Right. Cool. Um, but, but, but when you start his story with, you know, this this kid who feels like he, he can't get his father's approval and he, he he won't have what it takes to succeed, uh, you know, it's cool that they showed him having what it took, but, you know, they should have just had the person who, who, who instigated that for him to acknowledge that. Yeah. You know, it's like somebody, you know, it's like a, a martyr dying for their religion and then getting to the afterlife and then their, their God... It says, hey, what's up? You know, glad you're here. But doesn't say, you know, I acknowledge what you did or something. Like, it's maybe that's a weird example. But, you know what I mean? I just feel like, you know, it's not getting acknowledgement for the whole reason that, you know, the person went went through the journey. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're just like, you know, you you made some good friends in your life. You know, you went to that... <laughs> You went to those prayer meetings, and you know you really connected with those people, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. you know they're here too. Exactly. Yeah, you went to church every time you're supposed to, and you did everything you were supposed to do, but not actually acknowledging why, you know, uh, died for you know for for my beliefs. You know? Yeah, not, exactly. Not just just leaving that part out. Like, yeah. is that why I'm here? Apparently not. Apparently, all I had to do was go to you know go to prayer meetings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually have to die for the cause. It kind of makes it seem like if Jack would have let somebody else take over in the beginning, like if Jack really felt like he didn't have what it took in season one and mm-hmm. actually didn't want to be the you know be in charge of things and he let every you know other people handle it and you know Jack ends up getting killed, uh, you know at at some point it's just like it seems like the, he would have kind of had the same ending like yeah. Christian would have said, hey, Jack, you know, the most important thing was the time you spent with those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I I mean, David and Carlton wrote that ending. You know, they... Mm-hmm. Supposedly. They, <laughs> allegedly, Your Honor. Let the record show that uh, we're still trying to figure that out. We're, we're calling Matt Damon and Ben Affleck to see uh, if they know anything about this. They were credited. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't see them type it. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. <laughs> there are reports that typing was going on in their office, but no one saw them typing. They publicly have taken credit for it. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to take their word for it. All right. I feel like they, you know, they were there from the beginning of the show. You know, mm-hmm. we're you know we're gonna watch an episode tonight written by Damon Lindelof. I mean, Ooh, you know, spoiler alert, coming up. <laughs> Cruz has 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 already had a credit. It, you know, they're they're running the show at this point already, and you know we barely got started. Yeah. You know, they knew they knew what their show was. I mean, they watched it. You know, they they not only sat in on the writers' room and helped break all the stories for every episode. But they also wrote, you know, wrote a lot of scripts themselves. They oversaw the editing process, the special effects, the music, 
So you're saying it was a small hobby of theirs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I like I think they knew like the things you're saying about what Jack's arc was, I Uh don't believe that they didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So it's just really, really confusing that that the ending for Jack well, that they wrote. Thing. Here's my thing about that, and I totally, totally agree with you 100%, but I feel like when they are sitting in season one saying, when we, what's the final image of Lost? The final image of Lost is Jack and Christian, you know, uh, uh, reconnecting or something, you know, in the afterlife or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, whatever their general idea is. But I feel like, did they or did they not say Let's have Christian not say you have what it takes. That's yeah. my. That's kind of my thing. Is like, I think when you, I, I, I the trajectory is right. I mean, they, they, they hit the, they, to me, like they almost, you know, they got very close to the bullseye. I mean, it's like the bullseye is the, the dart is right on the edge of the bullseye. You know what I mean? It's just like why in certain in certain aspects of how they end the show, it's like why not go a little bit more towards the center of the bullseye. Right. Well, and they even have they even have Jacob bring it up, you know, in season six. Like, so mm-hmm. it's not as though they forgot about you have what it takes. I mean, they, you know, yeah. they, Jacob tells him you have what it takes. Mm-hmm. You know, why did Jacob say it and not, you know? Well, and here's the thing, and maybe this is what they, and I, maybe I, I don't know if this is the first time I thought of this or not, but but maybe this is what they would say to answer my question and our, our sort of question about this is that. Jack didn't need to hear you have what it takes from Christian because because by by you know by virtue of him being in the and the and the afterlife he had gotten over needing to ha- have that from his dad. Yeah. So in that moment he doesn't need to hear that from Christian. I feel like that's the best you could do to explain why he why they don't actually have him say it. Yeah. Is is some some sense of he he was he 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 has to be beyond needing to hear that, even though that's the subtext and that's what they mean. But to me, I don't know. I'd rather <laughs> you know I don't want to have to like presuppose that's what they meant by that, right? Uh, in order for the me to make peace with how it how that scene plays out. Yeah, uh, I feel like I'd rather just them say, hey, let's just have the audience have no doubt uh, that Christian understands the journey his son went on. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just strange that it's not about that, and it's about, and it's actually, you know, Christian receives him warmly, but it's actually not about Christian approving of Jack. No. It's it's actually about Christian explaining to Jack that, um, you know, that he really made a he really made a connection to the to those people in the church. Yeah. And that that's why they were there. Mm-hmm. You know, so like what if uh. Oh man! Oh man! I don't know. I feel like I haven't thought of this before. What if Christian in the in the church was actually Smokey? Because let's not forget, Man in Black died too. Yes, he and did. He spent a lot of time with those people. He sure did. And what if what if that was Man in Black posing as Christian again and ushered them into some other? Place? <laughs> oh God. I would love it. That would be such a horror movie ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because I feel like, how do we know that that's really Christian? Because we're in the afterlife, so what? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> it is weird to have, like, I guess I would think if Man in Black appeared in the afterlife, I mean, this is totally arbitrary. If Man in Black appeared in the afterlife, I would think he would appear as himself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I would assume that his smoke monster powers aren't still present after he's dead. He took him with him. <laughs> part of his carry-on. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised how the powers of evil incarnate uh, really fit into an overhead compartment. <laughs> Very compact. You know, I wish it were true. I yeah. No, I mean, I don't think it's true, but I think it's sad that you could you could you could make a case for it. Sure. Sure. I mean, you, you know, really, like, in a way, even though, like I said, he receives them warmly, and, I mean, it is supposed to be him, I guess, there's a sense in which I feel like it's not Christian, you know? Mm-hmm. It's actually a guide, you know? It's yeah, actually, it's a, yeah, I feel like it's someone who poses as Christian because that's, you know, somebody the same way men in black poses to you, yeah. like somebody you trust. So, right. you don't, so you're not wondering who are you and, yeah. you know, what's going on. You, you can, it's, yeah, I mean that's it, it's Christian was very it's it's sort of arbitrary for um for the guy to be Christian if you know in in any other sense really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, you know why I really, not somebody else's parent? <laughs> well, sure, sure. You know, yeah. all of their parents are dead at that point, so yeah, he, you know. Right, and, you know, Jack, I mean, Jack's mom's there, um, not in the church, mm-hmm. but, in you know, in the afterlife. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, some of the other parents were there, too. Um, so, like, Christian is really just, uh, Christian is really just there to explain things. And so he's he's almost not the real character. But, like, I'm really inclined to say that, I mean, given given the way Christian died, you know, drinking himself to death in Australia with mm-hmm. a ton of un- unresolved issues with his family. I mean, I feel like he he should have needed his own flash sideways to work those out. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't imagine that he was comfortable with, you know, with uh, everything that he had done in his life when he died. Well, maybe he did. I mean, maybe that maybe he's back from his own flash sideways. See, and like, that's what I that's why I feel like yeah, but I feel like his flash sideways should have coincided with Jack's, you know, like I Well but his would have been his would have been his own version of his own version of Jack or something and other people in Christian's life that were, you know, maybe his colleagues at work or something. I don't know. Like Yeah, the same way people uh you know, it's like not everybody is gonna have the real uh, people in there and sharing flash sideways uh, apparently. So I feel like you know, because you know, Christian isn't in Jack flash sideways. You know, he's not like they're working out things while Jack is working out things. See, that's what like, I think know, it should have been. You know, I yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> like I feel like it, instead of Jack and a fake purgatory boy son, I feel like it should have <laughs> been. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it should have been Jack and Christian. Like, mm-hmm. you know, given the second chance, 
where let's say Christian this time, you know, does not go die in Australia, but Jack actually picks him up there and brings him home. And, you know, they actually get a chance to talk things over. Like, I feel like that's actually, you know, the, the natural way that should fit into the flash sideways. Yeah. You know, but instead, like, it's something like what you're saying, like Christian just has had his flash sideways separately somehow. I mean, that that's okay, I guess. But, you know, it just seemed like, you know, it seemed like there was sort of one flash sideways and, like, there were other characters like Anna Lucia and Charlotte and Dan and Miles and, you know, who, and, you know, Miss Hawking, who, who had, like, well, who seemed to have the same flash sideways, even though they weren't part of the group, you know? Well, but here's the deal. When, when you know, Anna Lucia is in the same sort of flash sideways with everyone, but once they leave, you know, what is what does that mean in terms of her flash sideways? So, I mean, I think... The way I approach the flat sideways, you know, there, it's a very abstract concept, and I think, you know, it's outside of time. So it's like, I, I sort of this picture, you know, the flash sideways only sort of has any meaning, really, from if you're only looking at it from a certain perspective, right? So from Jack's perspective, he has his flash sideways where he has this fake son, you know, but, you know, the fake son isn't, isn't having you know, isn't sort of experiencing things like, like Jack is or anything like that. So I feel yeah. like Anna Lucia might, it's having her own sort of independent flash sideways that might coincide with Hurley's when, you know, for whatever reason, when, they, when they're together. But I feel like it's such a, you know, when they leave, her thing has to still go on, you know, and I feel like all of these, you know, because this is happening after everybody is dead. This is outside of time. So you can have sort of these infinite flash sideways sort of recurring simultaneously, I think, uh, without it being an issue. So I feel like, you know, Christian sort of had his own and went through it, and, you know, and since all of this takes place outside of time, he can sort of, in effect, you know, walk through his light at the end, at the back of the church and do whatever and then come to Jack's flash sideways to tell him blah, 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 because he's, you know, maybe because he's already been to the next level, so that's why he comes back to explain where they're going, you know, usher them into the next right. level or whatever. But, you know, it's such a, it's just, it's, you you know, you can throw in unicorns and dragons and fairies while we're at it. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's not how I feel about all this. It's, it's just all, it's so abstract and so whatever that it's, you know, I feel like it's, um, it, you can you can almost just say whatever you want about how it's working. I agree, but and, and like I think something like what you're saying has to be true. But on the other hand, I feel like they portrayed it somewhat differently. It, like when you have like like Miss Hawking, you know, ask, asking Desmond like you're you're not going to bring my son with you, are you? You know, he mm-hmm. says no, no, I'm not. Like there's an idea that you know if he if he took Dan with him, then Dan would be gone from that world, and mm-hmm. and Miss Hawking would be aware of it on some level. Yeah, you know. So I feel like that's true. I feel like Miss Hawking would be aware of it, but I, and it begs the question of what happens to David when Jack leaves, right? Yeah. Uh, does he disappear, or does he feel like he's missing a father, <laughs> uh, and he thinks his father just vanished? So I think you know it makes no sense. I think it makes less sense to think of the Flash Sideways as a world where you have to think about rules and laws and do you put out a missing persons report when somebody flashes goes to the next reality? Like, you know, I don't think that's true. I think cause it, it, it changes what the, what the world is like, it, you know, because the Flash Sideways is supposed to be the same world again, but sort of re, 
reorganize in a way you can sort of, ish, you know, deal with your problems. So. Right. Because we don't right. have a problem with people vanishing all the time. They shouldn't have a problem with people vanishing all the time, which to me means David just disappears. Yeah. Anybody who knew David and Jack just kind of does don't remember them. I think that's what happens, and, and I think and that's why. And is a special case. You know, yeah. she's, she's she's outside of time herself, right? Right, 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 right. As, right. as any proper British woman is. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, they get Indeed. it from the Queen. They get it from the Queen Mother, right? Um, <laughs> of course. But uh, so I feel like she's she's a special case, and she she kind of has to be because of how her character is. Mm-hmm. But. Um, but yeah, I think uh, whatever you said is right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I see what you mean. So yeah, it might just be that is sort of what I pictured that like the world just sort of reorganizes itself so that the the absence of those characters makes sense to everyone. Mm-hmm. And you know, there isn't you know, and Miss Hawking might know well enough to miss that Dan wasn't there, but like no one in that world is gonna is gonna be freaking out that he's gone. Exactly. That's especially that, not Charlotte. Especially not Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, I saw you when you were a little girl. <laughs> That's not creepy at all. Man, <laughs> <laughs> he had a weird ending, didn't he? Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That was weirdness. It was weirdness. <laughs> it was weirdness. It really makes me wonder, like, what, uh, you know, if the writer strike hadn't happened, if we had a full season four so they could they could have given more time to the Freighter characters in season four. It just makes me wonder how those, how those storylines would have developed if they had done yeah. that. Because I, I think their strangeness is partially due to the fact that, you know, that they, they changed them because of the writer strike. Mm-hmm. Like, because... Like they they have they have the feel to me of like larger stories that got cut to a certain extent. Like there's there's scenes missing that make yeah. like make them make more sense. Yeah, totally. You know, and I I don't know. It's very frustrating that they didn't get to do those. Because mm-hmm. I I just imagine a you know a, a more fleshed out version of that story with. With Dan in the past, and um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, meeting Charlotte and Charlotte's mission to find the island, like, a, like, and, like the book version. Yeah. Like the, they can do a lock series of, of novels, and and it'll be the one about the freighter people, and we'll go into detail about all that. There's plenty there. I mean, it, yeah, you know, there is. It would really work, but uh, you know, I just love it when you know, Dan Dan's. Dan's crying when he's seeing the footage of the of the of the fake wreckage and and why are you crying? It's because I was time traveling with these. People. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer to that. <laughs> and I remember it in the mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. I future remember it. Because <laughs> you know I actually died in the seventies because my mom shot me. <laughs> I was just trying to I was just trying to break the laws of physics. Exactly. (laughs) What every boy tries to do. Exactly. (laughs) 
most most little most most boys burn ants with a with a micro with a uh, with a magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. Right? Trying to prevent us from ever time traveling. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, that's um, I, like I, a big standout to me is like is Frank, like his uh, I was mm-hmm. supposed to be the pilot, you know, mm-hmm. and and then it. It's like so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I, in the end of the series, I'm left scratching my head. Like, why does that matter? Like, well, I, I like what they did. I mean, they didn't sell me on it, but I think the answer is that the island got him anyway. You know, at least they said that. I think, that's what they uh, tried to say. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I think him him being the pilot is just a way for him to get into the story and be interested in. You know, be you know when they say, okay, we're gonna have a season where people are gonna come on a freighter and the island. You know, we're gonna need a helicopter. Okay, so we're gonna need a helicopter. You know, when they're breaking the story and they come up with this character Frank, they need a reason for him to come to the island, and be interested. So I think that's that's their reason. You know, so it's so it's sort of contrived. And then the answer to that is the island got him anyway. So even though he missed out on being the original pilot. His 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 fate was still tied to the island. Right. Yeah. But it's fine to me, you know. Yeah. Don't you, get, you, you don't get much out of him, uh, out of that whole, oh, I was supposed to be the pilot. I mean, that's all you get is that he's he's sort of tied to the, the sort of beginning of the story. That way. I guess that's, again, my own, like, imagination working too hard to try to m- turn that into something. Like, yeah. I just assume that, like, Oh my God! He was supposed to be the pilot, and so that means dot dot dot. No, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. It just like I think all it means is that he, it, like I said, his fate was tied to the island, tied to intersect of the island, and he avoided it by missing his his alarm or whatever. But it didn't. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they kept hammering that point about the island wanting people, and you could just say maybe Jacob is, you know, was Jacob bringing him or something, flashing yeah. the, the 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 lighthouse on him. Right. Um, however that works. And um <laughs> Right. You know, and, and sort of pulling him towards the island. And he ends up being the three sixteen pilot. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, it's like he, he was gonna fly to the island eventually somehow. Yeah. I mean I think it's you know, by the way the original pilot died, it's like he he had way more time with you know, doing island stuff, you know, because he was doing the freighter stuff and mm-hmm. the three sixteen stuff. So, I mean he yeah. You know, he could have had a lot less time if he was the original pilot, which means he would have died very, very early on. Right. But, uh, you know. But, yeah, Frank's weird, you know, because he, he's, you know, every one of those freighter people had a certain skill, and he, his, he was the pilot, you know. Right. And the drunk. And the drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi seemed to think that was his greatest skill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, she's British, right? So she values a, a good drinker. Ah, good point. <laughs> it's like a physicist, a ghostbuster, an archaeologist, and a drunk. And a drunk. <laughs> I missed season four. Yeah. Season four was great. Mm-hmm. Those are good times. Yeah, it was it was so much weirdness. Like, oh no, are they there to kill them all? No. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But well, no. kind of. Some, Some of them, them are. are. <laughs> See, there's two groups of freighter people. <laughs> 
I guess, you know, yeah, Lost never really did. There's always two groups of something on Lost. Yeah. And the answers on Lost are always, like, annoyingly complicated. Mm-hmm. Flash, are stupid, like... Are, are stupidly simple. Stupidly simple. <laughs> exactly. It's usually... I overreacted. It's stupidly simple. It's usually like, it's often like both at the same time. Yeah. And sometimes neither at the same time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like they were kind of stuck on that one because, you know, they had these sympathetic freighter characters that, you know, I think they wanted to bring into the cast and they really did. Um mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, they wanted the freighter people to be there to kill them all. So I think their solution was to just say that, you know, they had this, they had like, like the freighter was composed of all of these like, like departments more or less. Like, like you sort of had like the freighter crew, they were just people who knew how to like operate a freighter. And I feel like, you know, the captain is the head of that. And then you have, like, the science... He's also a werewolf, too. <laughs> He's also a real wolf. A much less uh, much less refined werewolf. Yeah. Who died a very, very pointless death. <laughs> oh, true blood. Um, and then you have, like, the science team that Naomi's in charge of, mm-hmm. you know, which is sort of the, the nice characters, the ones who aren't there to kill them all. Yeah, and then you have, and then you have the mercenary team that that Kimi's the head of, and they're the ones that are going to go kill everybody. But the thing is, the three groups actually, you know, are separate. Like they don't actually know each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not there for the same reasons. It's kind of like the beginning of Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, sort of a three-hour tour. You know, it's. Uh... <laughs> Like all these people go to an island, and uh, they had the redhead. They had a suspicious mm-hmm. professor. Yes, they did. <laughs> Dan was the professor. <laughs> uh, I think it's pretty clear. Kimi was uh, was Marianne. And, uh, of course, of course. <laughs> and, I guess the captain's uh, the skipper. The captain's definitely the skipper. Um, the, uh, who, we got the doctor is uh, Mr. Howell and uh, ah yes <laughs> and uh, and Michael is Mrs. Howell. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's right. Michael was on there too. Why not? Yeah, Michael was on there too. Back when he was still alive. You know, if if Jacob wanted Michael to go on the freighter, Jacob would have appeared to Michael and said, "Hey, dude, go on the freighter." Yeah, you know, but Ben and uh, and 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 Tom go and and, and do mm-hmm. that whole thing, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't buy that." Yeah, no, I think Michael was caught up in the Winmore Ben feud mm-hmm. more than like anything. so many. <laughs> yeah, oh, like so many. <laughs> and but at the same time, Michael, I think, was being was being sort of plagued slash haunted slash manipulated by the man in black based on his, you know, guilt over killing uh, Alice and Libby. Yeah. So I think, like, they made it, they made it look like those things coincided. And, <laughs> you know, truth be told, I think at the time they were supposed to. 
But I think in retrospect, it's sort of like there's two things going on. You know, Ben's Ben's using him for his purposes, and um, and then Man in Black is just tormenting him mm-hmm. for presumably just for his own amusement. I mean, he didn't really get that much out of it. I mean, I guess he maybe he wanted Michael to succeed as well for his own reasons. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, that whole thing. Season four. But you think, you know, you think that's the the island sort of, you know, uh, you know, because the island won't let Michael kill himself and he has to, like, do this mission. Yeah, because he's the only one who can do that, right? (laughs) Well, the island chose him. Mm -hmm. He just pulled his name from a hat. (laughs) And see, that's where it really should be Jacob. Yeah. You know, because, like, they already, they they had that whole, like, that whole to-do in season six about, you know, Jacob gave me a gift and now I can't kill myself and, you know, now you have to do it. And then Jack lights a fuse and it goes out. And it's the same kind of thing that Michael was experiencing, which makes it seem like Jacob was involved. Why didn't Jacob and Man in Black work together? Because I'm just thinking, like, what's the best defense for Island? I don't know, a smoke monster that mm-hmm. can't be shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and since he's killing people anyway, mm-hmm. it just seems like it seems like that. You know, it's like, okay, man, I know I can't let you leave the island, but how about you protect it for twenty thousand years, and then I'll set you off for good behavior. You know, I don't know. You got a point. It just, it just seems like that's you know if man if Jacob wants the island protected, I just, I just don't really see him really that that upset about the freighter people the freighter people coming. I just don't see him. I mean, unless I'm forgetting some stuff that happened in the show, I just I'm not I'm not remembering that uh, or getting the sense that he was he was necessarily really invested in in preventing the freighter people from getting on the island. You know, to the extent that he would want to send Michael or something like that. I think he was probably in that. I mean, they were going to, like, torch the island. I, I could see him, like, so I, I'm assuming that's, like, just. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Jughead is sitting at the bottom of a, you know, you know, I mean, like, there's been dangers on the island, coming to the island before. Yeah. You know, and I just, I, he's not an interventionist, intervenist. Intervener? I don't know what the word is. Uh, but you know, it just seems. It just seems. I, I'm just not convinced that it's like, oh yeah, I I want Michael to to put a bomb on a boat and blow people up, for, you know, before they get here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I kind of I I feel like the uh, the the man in black slash Ben wanted that. Um, yeah. You know, for their own reasons that sort of makes sense. Um in 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 Ben's case it was just to keep Widmore away and mm-hmm. in Man in Black's case it's because it's it's a part of a very, very complicated plan that's gonna end with him leaving. Mm-hmm. Um uh but uh as for Jacob, yeah, I guess uh I mean that's how it looks. I, I feel like his stakes in it also are he doesn't want he doesn't want the candidates to leave. But on the other hand, I think he, you know, he does want to, like, give them the choice. <laughs> so he's not necessarily going to stop them. So he, 
I mean, they left. You're saying Jacob doesn't want the candidates to leave, but he's not going to stop them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that. sort of what happened. Like, I don't think he wanted them to leave. Obviously, I mean, he brought them there. He wanted them to replace him. But yeah. but, uh, but he's not going to stop them from leaving if they want to leave, if they choose to leave. Yeah. You well, know? I'm sorry. I, what point? I lost the point you're making. <laughs> I'm trying to explain Jacob's, like, stakes in the freighter. Oh, his stakes in the freighter. So you, oh, oh, okay, the freighter in terms of it being uh, away from them to get off the island. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I, like, yeah, I could so see he, him caring about that. Mm-hmm. You know, even if he's not stepping in, he would at least, you know, have some have some kind of opinion on all of his candidates leaving the island en masse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, he definitely wouldn't, he wouldn't stop them. I mean, that's what the barrier's for, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Um, the coordinate and all that whole thing. Um, yeah, I mean, what he wants them to leave or not, it, it, you know, he let them leave, yet they were all miserable when they left, so what does that really mean, you know? Right, right. They came back. Yeah, and he he did actively, in, in at least one case, try try to get them to come back. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and another thing about the freighter crew, all three groups of them, really, is that, you know, it's another example of, you know, more losties coming to the island, basically. Yeah. You know, because it could, you know, the show could start with the freighter people. You know, sure. our original losties could be Dan and Charlotte and mm-hmm. the Milestone guys or something like that. And, you know, dealing with, you know, dealing with Keeney's team or something and they're, you know, uh, all that. So, it's you, you know. It's interesting how it's just, you know, that's part of the, the, the theme of Lost is these different groups of people continuously coming to the island. Yeah, they, they had their own experience of being being stranded there, basically, mm-hmm. and and being, you know, caught up in its strangeness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the show could have started with Rousseau. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Only a boring. <laughs> yeah, the show would get boring pretty fast. But damn it, it would answer a few questions first. Mm-hmm. Like, who is this Asian guy? <laughs> Where did he go? It'd be like seasons later, then we finally meet Jen and be like, "Whoa, that's the guy from season one." Yeah. 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 All right, you ready to uh, start the old podcast? After I say one more thing. All right. Like earlier you mentioned that, uh, you know, um, they could do a whole other season about, like, the the Egyptians and stuff like that. You know, Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And, like, uh, that's one of the things, like, when I watch season six, one of the many things that, that I really feel like is frustrating. Like, they, they took the time to give certain certain degrees of background to things. I mean they they spent a whole episode on Richard's origin and and they You know spent, I felt about that one. Yes I do. Infamous, infamous uh <laughs> Abiturno. Uh goes into that a podcast if you want to hear some uh divisiveness. Um and uh and if you want to hear even more, there's there was the uh you know, the Jacob and Man in Black backstory. Um mm-hmm. Right, 
So in each case, it's it's one episode apiece. I mean, Jacob and Man in Black, like, it's even more ridiculous. But even if you just look at Richard, I feel like what they told us about him is like a fraction of the interesting stories they could tell about Richard. Yeah. You know, like, the the one thing they did with him and Juliet's flashback, his original introduction, like, that was cool. But, like, I want to see like how Richard, how they transitioned from Richard being the only person on the island alive besides Jacob and the man in black to an entire group of others and a whole like system of rules and organization and stuff like that. And like, you know, I, I would like that story filled out. Yeah. You know, I like to see how that, how that happens and why, and sort of what the others think they're doing there. What are they told about Jacob? You know, like what was the orientation before the orientation? <laughs> yes, like the others will talk about Jacob, you know, and we know like Richard at least met him, so he has some idea of what Jacob is like. But like, what is he? What do the others who don't know Jacob think about him? Like, what is their perspective? Do they realize, for example, that he brings well, people to the island? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> do they know that? he has a feud with the black smoke monster about whether or not people are good. Mm-hmm. And that's why he brings people there. Do, do they know that? Richard knows that. Do they that. know that he voted Republican twice in the 80s? <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't need that detail addressed, but, uh, but, you know, hey, if they're at it, you know. Bonus, maybe a maybe a little deleted scene or something. That's cool. Mm-hmm. They know he has an outstanding two hundred dollar bill with Visa. He still is not paid. <laughs> Who is the man they're following? Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, there's so much. That, you know, I was just gonna say everything you just said doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's like that's what's weird is all of those questions are interesting, but it doesn't matter. Like I said, they spend a season, you know, the season three is the other season, and that, it doesn't matter. Like, it kind of really doesn't matter. Anything we learned about the others at the end doesn't really matter. So even the more detailed questions you're, you're asking now, they're just like, that's not going to get, you know. It, it, I agree that that's, that's, that kind of stuff is interesting, but they just didn't make it matter, or else they would have gone down that avenue. Right. I mean, I agree that it doesn't matter the plot, and that's a fair reason not mm-hmm. to include it but what i'm saying is like they you know they inserted like these these little snapshots of the others at various times so we get like this vague sense of the development you know we see them we see them in the 50s we see them in the 70s we see them in the 80s see them in the 90s you know we get we do get like a sense of a part of their progression but like yeah. The problem, the problem is like when they show them, they still haven't revealed to us w- what Jacob is. You know, they haven't revealed the, a lot of the big secrets. Mm-hmm. So, so whenever they bring up Jacob, like everybody just gets all like goggly eyed, and like n- you know, <laughs> no one says a word. Yeah. You know, like like when Ben's when Ben's telling Juliet like Jacob's gonna heal your sister and like you can't question Jacob, you know, what does she think about that? You know, like we never find out. And like to me, it's interesting enough, like this group, like I I guess god damn it, you know, just the idea of the others is interesting to me and I just feel like it's underdeveloped. It's so not fleshed out. Like I watch these faceless zombies in season six, like 
following the guy who killed Jacob, who, you mm-hmm. know, has wanted to kill him for thousands of years, and just, like, walking into, you know, Widmore's mortar shell. Their former leader bombs them. Like, they they just... <laughs> They just seem so. They just seem so clueless. It's ridiculous, you know. And I just wonder, like, I just wonder what that what that background's supposed to be because I feel like the show doesn't provide, you know, the the details to, for me to actually understand like what the experience of being a redshirt other is like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an encyclopedia. <laughs> it's not an encyclopedia. Oh. I wish it were. I wish it were, but like, that's just, you know, obviously, you know, the Egyptians and all that is filling out another facet of the story, but I just think a big frustration for me is like the, you know, the, the vague suggestion of interesting background, but not actually fleshing it out to actually make it interesting. You know, that's not writing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, they're only going to... Yeah, I totally get what you're saying, and I, I'm totally with you. It's, it's one of those things, I think, where it's like, I mean, overall, they did that in, in most of the, the the cases, right? Like, they'll, you know, they'll tell you, they'll, they'll make it clear the statue is towerette, right? And yeah. And they'll say, okay, God, God is the fertility or whatever, and hey, hey, fans that are paying attention, this ties into the problems the others were having, but, you know, they didn't they, they didn't go into more detail about that. You know, they didn't actually connect all the dots as to what that even meant. You know, we never found out. Like, that was a major plot point on the show, this fertility issue, and we never found, we never got, you know, that was never solved. Like, they just gave up. Yeah. Yeah, and that just makes me wonder, like, like after after Ben leaves, that in that intermediate period of three years, mm-hmm. you know, did they continue to have fertility problems? Did it matter to anyone? Did anyone even did anybody care? care? Did anybody care? I don't care? think so. I don't like, think anybody cares. Was they were that, too busy walking through the jungle to try to have babies. Was it that like only Ben cared about the fertility problems? I mean, I guess I felt like you know it was taking a toll on them. And, like, you know, that Mobisode. They never, they never fully explained why that was even an issue. It, it wasn't like Jacob had a proclamation to, to, uh, to uh, you know, reproduce. Right. You know, they never made it seem like that or that, you know, the only people we can trust are our own people. And mm-hmm. so we need to start making sure we can, you know, repopulate the island or something like that. You know, they, it was never – it was just Ben is interested in this fertility issue. Uh you know, the others are because he is, and that's about it. That's the best I think you can say about it. Like with the Mobisode with Ethan, where he talks about his wife dying in childbirth and, like, you know, tying that into the episode we're going to watch, that was their attempt, I think, to explain, you know, the the toll that the fertility problems were taking on the others. Like, it produced a monster such as Ethan, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like... Like, to me, there is, like, some kind of suggestion that, like, it, it was, you know, because, you know, pe- just people, whoever they may be, others or non-others, you know, generally want to reproduce. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, not being able to do that, I can imagine, you know, causing, you know, at least social problems. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly for this for this very tribal group, you know, that 
that you know very much uh, is very much insulated from the outside world. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have a lot of a lot of influx of immigrants. Yeah, well, they kind of do. Um, <laughs> people are always showing up on that island. But, uh, but but the others aren't accepting them. I mean, the others are yeah. mostly... Well, but that's the thing. The, you know, you can go by the early idea of the others where they had lists by which they decided who was worthy yes. to keep or not. So they did have some sense of, you know, uh, adding people to their ranks, but True. That, that ties into the Dharma stuff too. So Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> That's my final thought for the green room. Well, I'll leave it there. It's, uh, I feel like sometimes, you know, like like I think we said last podcast, some other shows, these answers would be fine, you know. It's like, you know, lost paints of painting, and, and it's like, oh, you know, you stand at a certain distance and you go, okay, that's nice, but it's like we, you know, we stand up close to the magnifying glass and say, you missed a brush stroke here. Why did you leave this brush stroke out? Mm-hmm. Does that mean something? You know, does that mean something? You left this brush stroke here. There's no. You, it's red in this area, yet there's a green spot. You know, like what mm-hmm. does that mean? You know, so it's it's tough sometimes. I think to uh, as much fun as it is to speculate, it's tough to to know what you know. I, you know, obviously we try to be reasonable in and expectations, but it's tough when there's so many different areas where it feels like. You're being reasonable, yet you know, you know, and it's just there's so many elements that that make it that way. But uh, you know, yeah. not you know, not the least of which is that writing is hard. But right, um, right, I, I understand. I, I still won't forgive them for Christian not saying you have to take that. <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big one. I understand. That's the only one I needed. You know, Locke didn't really get his, you know, Locke didn't really get to make make his peace with his dad, did he? I mean, what was his, uh, what was his big, I guess he forgave Ben. I mean, was that supposed to be his big thing? I feel like Locke's big thing was, um, uh, what was Locke's big thing? I, I, <laughs> I I think it was God. I have no idea. I I was about to try to say something, but I have nothing. Um, <laughs> something. I think something... that's bad. I think that's bad. <laughs> Much as we've talked about loss, and we can't figure out what his big thing was. Um, I, I mean, his his flash sideways was um, the whole thing with. Uh, with him and uh, Ben, so I guess he had gotten over his dad issue before he died or something. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I think there was also, like, I think part of it was also the the wheelchair thing. Mm-hmm. What about it? Like, Like, coming to terms with his with his limitations. Mm, how did he do that? <laughs> I guess by allowing Jack to do the surgery. Mm, okay, that whole thing. Yeah. But I thought that was about believing in miracles. Um, well. 
I don't know. Maybe. Or something to do with like having hope or faith. What was, wasn't that? Uh, you're saying it was about it was about uh, him understanding his limitations. Yeah, and also like being willing to ask someone else for help. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. I I also feel like it it was about it was about repairing the relationship he had with Jack. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But I actually feel like, you know, Locke's thing should have been, um, you know, learning to not <laughs> not take things on faith so much. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> not believe that everything that he sees is, is, is a sign or is some kind of, you know, pointer mm-hmm. to, to destiny or some kind of ultimate path to, you know, something that's going to matter, you know. Well, that, see, that'd be bad because that's exactly what takes him to Jack, right? Yeah. Helen's like, hey, you met this doctor. What? You should go, you know, that's a, that's lucky, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I feel like those two are kind of different points they'd have to try to make. It would be hard to fit them together because the whole thing is about, is about the, you know, the random circumstances that bring them all together. Mm-hmm. And, and this idea that it's, it's it's a long shot, but he should he should at least try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that really conflicts. But I I feel like his undoing, like his biggest problem, was being too willing to, you know, believe things he was told and, you know, follow what what people told him to do without questioning it. Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to think that? Um... That Locke, that the reason, you know, when Locke gets on the island and he can walk again and he feels like he's, you know, his destiny is coming to fruition. Are we supposed to think that's the impetus of that? Is Richard coming to him, telling him him he was special and all that stuff? Like, like somehow that got in his head and so when he gets to the island it sort of fulfills that? Or are we supposed to think that's sort of separate? Yeah, I'm not sure. My impression is that, like, Richard's visits didn't really have an impact on him. But, yeah, that's what I always thought, but now I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to look at it, and it's, you know, it's obviously more cyclical if it's, if he, if, you know, the same way that Richard thinks, you know, the only reason Richard thinks Locke is the leader is because Locke comes back in time because I'm your leader, and then Richard goes and then does a test on young Locke, uh, the young Locks, uh, over time, um, all that stuff. Uh, I'm just wondering if we're supposed to think that that fed him in this idea. Even because he kept thinking, you know, that was weird because obviously he kept saying, you know, he didn't think he was special, you know, but he gets to the island, he thinks he's special. So I was just, I don't know, just popped in my head that maybe we're supposed to think that um, that that's why he always thought he was destined for something great. Because I, otherwise I don't know where he got that idea. You know, because when we see him in, in the, you know, walkabout days, when we see him, you know, he wants to go on this walkabout. I mean, he has this idea he's got this great thing ahead of him. And I don't know where that comes from, considering that, uh, you know, or I guess, you know, uh, the flashbacks tell us that um, that Abaddon told him stuff like that, too. Yes, yes. You know, so I'm just wondering, yeah, if, if it's just this weird cyclical thing where he really wasn't ever special, but somebody told him he was. 
because he told that person he was. And so it fed it back to him. And so when he gets to the <laughs> island, he so when he gets to the island, he has this grand. It, it, it fulfills this idea that he already has that he's supposed to go on this big thing. I mean, I think that is sort of true. Like, like as far as his personal characteristics, like I'm not. It's not clear exactly how much, but in terms of this this idea that he's special, I do think that that is cyclical. I do think that the reason why some people on the island think he's special, like some of the others and so on, is because he time you know, he comes to believe he's special and he time travels and he tells them that he's their leader in you know, in the past. And so basically because because he did that, that's why they think that. But then because they think that, that gives them the idea to time travel. We say that some more. <laughs> so it's basically a self-preserving loop of, like, you know, him telling himself that he's special to make sure that he'll tell himself that he's special. Wow. That, that sounds like a very needy personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think something of the idea you're suggesting is true. Like, this guy coming to recruit him and giving him this test, you know, and then like he, you know, he gets recruited later. Um, you know, I think that is kind of investing with this idea that he should be, he should be unique or special in some way. Mm-hmm. And he was, he himself is the one who caused that stuff to happen. So, you know, it's, it's weird that he influenced his own, you know, younger self. And what's weirder, of course, is you, you take all those different versions and loops and stuff, and then on top of that, the next level out is Man in Black orchestrating that. Right. After reading Locke's mind and sort of ostensibly knowing all that history. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's a question to ask, right? Does, does Man in Black, did he read Locke's mind and see that Locke time traveled and said, hey, I know how to make a loophole. This guy time traveled. I can, I can use, you know. Mm-hmm. Or or was it just he saw this guy had a belief that he was special and in tune to the island to use him that way? But you know that's the other thing is you you have that you have Man in Black orchestrating all that time travel stuff and using Locke's personality against him. Right, right, yeah. Uh, like I kind of feel like with the Christian Shepherd appearance, there's a, and you know uh, showing you know showing the uh, son and Frank the Dharma photo. I feel like there's an insinuation that he he was aware of the time traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, you know, is he aware because he was around during all that time? Or is he aware because he read Locke's mind and knew Locke specifically was time traveling? Right, right. And well, I mean, he definitely was on the island when the stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I like I want to say that he he sort of <laughs> he sort of knew in advance, you know, like he he already knew that Locke had been there, and so when he runs into Locke, he realizes that this is the guy that was there mm-hmm. in the fifties, mm-hmm. you know, and so he so he knows that basically he knows that his plan is going to succeed, mm-hmm. <laughs> but his plan that he hasn't thought of yet, but he's already set in motion. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with time travel. You can something can happen before you make it happen. So. Yeah, exactly. Like the effects, the effects come before the causes. Mm-hmm. 
Which really doesn't make any sense. No, it shouldn't. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think uh, I think when he read his mind, he did realize that that he had time traveled and and that um, that he could he could utilize that, and that actually he was going to be the one to cause it. Mm-hmm. You know, because he knew that he could he could orchestrate this thing where he had you know he has. He has the donkey wheel turned and stuff. Like I say, it's pretty amazing he lost his battle, right? With all his powers. <laughs> I know. I try to reconcile this character I'm describing to you with some of the scenes I was watching, and it's like, God, if that guy was that awesome, he really shouldn't have lost. You're so right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he should have been. He should have been way more formidable. I feel like Ben and the others, you know, when they were doing that whole pulling people's files out and reading to them mm-hmm. who they were. I feel like they knew more about the characters <laughs> than Man in Black did sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that shouldn't have been true. <laughs> Man in Black, I mean, maybe they knew more facts, but Man in Black should have a better, like... like yeah, it just seems like he didn't really read everybody's mind or something. Yeah. Like, he only did it to some people or, you yeah. know, it seems like he... He should have just been a step ahead of everyone all the time, and he wasn't. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just got really, like, he was he was really cool and amazing before they revealed who he was. <laughs> yeah. And then when he takes to center stage, like, he's just kind of underwhelming. Mm-hmm. And it's like, his his big powers are, you know, he well, he can still do the smoke smoke monster thing, but like mostly he can just like talk you into stuff. It maybe, maybe, <laughs> and not take credit for you running into trees. And yes, and he and he'll try to be really nice. Mhm. And that's about he it. Might, he might whittle you something. He, he just might whittle you something. Mhm. <laughs> Yeah. And if yeah. you're real lucky, he'll try to blow you up in a submarine. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and so there, like, I yeah, I watched a little of that, too, where he, like, takes the wristwatch off the guy he just killed and then goes into the plane and finds the explosives and, like, quickly rigs together this crazy bomb that's going to, like, you know, that's going to kill them so that, you know, they have to trigger it and so he doesn't violate the rules. And it's like, that that seems more like the crazy Mad in Black, I guess. But still, it just, because of the way they portrayed him before that, it just kind of seems implausible. Like, could he really pull that off? Mm -hmm. You know, like, where did he learn how to program bombs? Like did he? He stole it. He stole it from Saeed's head. Oh, okay. Don't so, you remember that whole episode where they talked about how Man in Black can extract skills out of the people that he stands? Remember that? <laughs> I how they went into great, how they went into great detail about how he works and what it means to be a smoke monster. <laughs> no, I don't remember that one at all. Hmm. But yeah, if that was a the special feature. <laughs> Deleted, that, deleted episode. Th- that is that is another deleted episode. I, I want to put that with like a detailed history of the others and yeah. what they think about Jacob. 
Like mm-hmm. the, the smoke monster and his multifaceted powers. Yeah. How does he a smoke monster and why? And what did the others call themselves? How come they never had a name until themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really they were should only have had known, a name. They were only known by what they're not, you know, they were called by other people. It's so weird. We only got like their enemies' names for them. Yeah. Which is which is really weird. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for whatever reason the Lost Riders like struggle to name things. Mm-hmm. You know, and and like that's that's why they didn't give Man in Black a name either. You know, and also they didn't give the island a name. Yeah. Better that way. But yeah, I think uh I think the man in black could like he well, he could talk to animals. He could uh he could be in two places at once. Um he could uh, uh Wait, he could be in two places at once? Yeah. That's one of his powers. I read about it in the encyclopedia. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. You see it two places at once. There's there's two times in the show when he's in two places at once. Okay. The first time is um uh is when uh is when uh, when he's Christian with Sun and Frank and he's also Locke on the Hydra Islands. That those two things happen simultaneously. Okay. And uh and then the uh the second time is um is on the on the Black Rock when he, he appears as Isabella and at the same time as the smoke monster outside the ship. Okay. So he he really underused that power. He sure did. <laughs> I mean that's a that's a spectacular that's a spectacular power because it's not just being a version of you in the same place in two different places. It's you can look like somebody else mm-hmm. and a smoke monster in a different place. So you could you could literally like convince people of things by having two you know, two apparitions appear and you go, Hey, mm-hmm. yeah, we should do this thing. This person agrees with me. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, oh, yeah, well, these people, yeah, I'll do what they say. I mean, like, wow, that's such an incredible power. It is. It is. It's uh, it's amazing that they never even mentioned that he had that power in the show. It's I feel only... like the second example, the one with uh, Isabella, is just a product of how they shot that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, because... I mean, I say that because, like, the encyclopedia specifically says, like, he used his power to be in two places at once. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I guess that's what he did. Yeah, that's that's weird, but um, what was the other one? Oh, when he, yeah, and I always thought the thing when Locke is on the island and and then Christian appears to, you know, uh, Son and Frank, I thought, you know, this is, you know, if you were were trying to find Locke on the Hydra Island, you know, you wouldn't find him. Mm Mm-hmm. He just zaps over. You know, I feel like if you ask him, can you be in two places at once? And you say, you know, do you think if I could do that, I'd still be here? <laughs> I think that's exactly what he would say. <laughs> uh, I feel like you really, you really have a read on that character. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, he really just, he just, if you ask him something he should be doing, he's like, I didn't do that. Huh? I didn't do nothing to you. Yeah, hey, none doing me. <laughs> yeah, no, he's crazy. He's crazy that way. Yeah, yeah. But um, all right, you ready to uh, get into the episode? I think this has been the longest green room so far. 
I agree. Yeah, it's it's gone on pretty a link. Yeah, we should. Uh, I'll just throw in also he can influence dreams. Mm, of course he can. Yet another power that they really didn't exploit at all once mm-hmm. he was revealed. He should have been. He should have been inundating everybody with crazy dreams. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Why were there no dreams in seasons five and six? Like he I should be time traveling. I yeah, but like they you know, they played such a pivotal role in terms of like well, in terms of moving the plot forward in in the first few seasons. You know, it was yeah. it, like dreams would lead them places. Like it's just so weird that like one well, man I mean, and black you don't need you don't need dreams when you have a character yeah. telling people what to do. Right. But you know, I think that's that's their answer for that. But I think psychologically, like influencing their dreams would help him. You yeah, know, oh, still. totally. Yeah, totally. Like, even if, he even if he's there. That. Yeah. He could have kept doing that, yeah. And I think it just could have been cool. Like, I'd like to see him continue to, like, influence their dreams as he's, you know, trying to lead them into his trap. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just, I think that could have been interesting. But ugh. It's really hard, it's really hard to influence dreams. I mean, you saw Inception, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work. <laughs> Woo. A lot of work. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't want to try. All right. Well, thanks for joining us in the green room. We'll be uh, starting the podcast. Indeed. Welcome to the Lost Lowdown Podcast 97 with your hosts, Claude and Justin. What's up, guys? We're continuing our commentary series back with episode 115, Homecoming. And I think there's one pregnant homecoming queen (laughs) that everyone's going to be looking towards. (laughs) Son? I guess, I guess, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll be next season. <laughs> uh, okay, that's right. I guess she's not oh. pregnant yet. She's not pregnant yet. Uh, but before we get to the episode, uh, we want to dig into our digital mailbag. Digital mailbag. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the queue. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so we got uh, some uh, comments uh, from a listener. Yes, we did. Matt from a uh, fellow Lost podcaster, Matt from Keys to Lost podcast. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Thanks for emailing us. Hey, for me too. What's up, yo? So, uh, what, what was Matt talking about, Justin? Uh, his email was about um, it was basically about the ghosts and their their motivations, what they were doing versus. Um, the uh, the flash sideways, um, you know, afterlife characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about that in a previous podcast, and oh, I guess, did we? Yeah, I believe we did. You may or may not remember. Um, and uh, so he was basically offering his take on how you should how you should interpret. Actually, it's it's kind of all encompassing. Like he went beyond. You know what's what's up with the ghosts? He he turned it into here's here's what's up with the ghosts, and here's what's up with the flash sideways, and here's how that ties into the island. Nice. So, um, so if I were to summarize the theory, uh, <laughs> I would say it's it's something like um, uh, the. Uh, I, I sort of have to set the whole thing up. So the um, the fact that that the the characters on the show were in some way involved with um, with 
the the plan for sort of protecting the island um that enabled them to have some kind of um how do i want to say it ha- have some kind of uh uh access i guess to the power source on the island and the light gave the light source yeah yeah and and that is sort of what um that is sort of what they what they walk through at the end of the show. Like that's actually the same light. That's so the theory goes. Mm-hmm. And um uh and and basically uh the ghosts that appear to Hurley are actually post walking into the source characters who now you know, as a as a show of gratitude or I don't know, something along those lines uh n- you know now they they appear to Hurley and you know maybe to others um in order to sort of uh uh you know further the cause of protecting the island that you so know like when Anna Lu- so when Hurley sees Anna Lucia yeah telling him to go back to the island that kind of a thing yeah exactly or or Charlie um yeah yeah like basically the idea it's not- it's not Charlie from Pur- from from a flash sideways purgatory world. It's Charlie post all that. Right. So the original like issue was like in 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 the flash sideways they don't they don't seem to you know Charlie doesn't seem to remember visiting Hurley. Anna Lucia doesn't remember visiting Hurley. You know. Um, so yeah. So the theory goes that yeah the the ghosts that we saw are actually after all of that, so that they do remember. And not only that. Like their connection with the island is what is is the reason why they're advocating for the island as ghosts. Mm-hmm. That's that I think that's basically the the theory. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, my response to it is is that uh, I, you know, I I don't I I don't even exactly disagree. I I don't think it's necessarily not true. All I can say is that I just don't feel like there's anything conclusive in the show to say that it is true. <laughs> you know? Um, uh, yeah, I, I like the idea, and I think it. I, I like being able to tie, you know, these three big things together. Um, yeah. You know, but something like a light, you know, and I, I think, again, it's something that they left to the subtext, the the connection with the, the, the light and the flash sideways and the light and the light cave and, and I wish they would have made it explicit that that was connected or the same mm-hmm. or something like that, but they they never really did. They should uh, have. Yeah. The problem is the problem is, you know, when when you get into abstract concepts like the afterlife and goodness and you know whatever the light cave is supposed to be, the, the you know life and death or whatever, you know, it's hard to it, it, it's it's hard to show that except for very simple ways like having light. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it seems like it could be a coincidence that there's light in the light cave and light that they walk through when they walk out of the church, you know? Yeah. I but, mean, it's such a classic image. Like yeah. it's, it's sort of like the, I mean, the show could have had nothing to do with light in terms of the mythology and mm-hmm. still ended that way, you know? Yeah. So it's, they leave themselves open to connecting the two because they get so abstract with how they depict it. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I would have loved to hear, you know, when Christian Shepard comes out and says that he has to say about the flash sideways, 
you know, he says that this is a place we made together, and it was so you could find each other, remember, and let go, and move on. You know, and, and that's all he says. You know, he never even mentions the island <laughs> as yeah. as having anything to do with it. And I just feel like if that were true, that was the time to say it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not true, but I just I feel like the, the they did not communicate that, that, that it was I true. Think, yeah, I think it goes on a list, the long list of good answers to to, to questions, you know. That, that you can't really say is right or wrong, but it's like, well, this is a good answer to to the question, but, yeah, you know, it's tough to say what they're really going to, you know, what they're really trying to get at because they don't actually, you know, make the connection, so. Right, exactly. And then also, you know, you have, like, Michael appearing to Hurley as a ghost, advocating mm-hmm. for the island, but... He's definitely not walked through the light and moved on. I mean, they yeah. specifically tell us that that's not what happened. Yeah, and Michael speaks from a place as if he's sort of in the present, like, you know, he, he isn't past time like those people who went through the light or whatever. Right, right. And then you even have, like, say, Isabella showing up to Hurley, and she's advocating for the island. She was never even on the island. Like, she didn't mm-hmm. even... She didn't have a clue, but she's, you know, now she's on the side of the island. Like, what did she have to do with the island ever? You know, mm-hmm. like, so to me, it's it's still pretty nebulous why the ghosts advocate for the island. Like, I, I just, I'm not quite buying that they have to be connected to it in their lives. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like that's true. It seems like if you're dead, you just you just automatically side with the island for whatever reason. You know, I almost imagine the man in black himself, after he dies, he's going to, you know, appear to people telling them to help the island. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't even matter that he, you know, spent his whole <laughs> life trying to destroy it. Yeah, you've got you've to gotta protect the island. You'll finally realize it's true. Yeah, like being dead, you just you just realize that for for reasons left unexplained. Well, it's the same reason why in the afterlife you you don't ask questions about the island because yes. you're, you're just past it. It's you know. Yeah. You're you're just you're you know you're you're dead. So what do you care? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's yeah. So it's weird. I, there's one more thing that I'll throw in about the afterlife on Lost. If if I could say anything positive about it, it's that, you know, as many negative things as we said about it, it's that I, I like the idea that it's there's actually no higher authority that they present. Like, it's a mm-hmm. place that they have to figure out for themselves again, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not and, – and even it's even said that they made it for themselves. Like, yeah. so, so the flash sideways are kind of no different from the real world, you know. It's another chance that, yeah, and it just, it just it gives the sense that that's all sort of, you know, uh, conscious existence, consciousness is, you know, is yeah. just, uh, just ver- various realities where you are presented problems and you figure them out and, yeah. you know, at least, at least the first two levels. So, Although I feel like maybe, you know, there's some people who go straight to, you know, they don't, they, they can, what is it in Monopoly? Get pill and go straight. No, <laughs> do not pass go. Oh, that's a bad one. That's a bad one. Yeah. Well, the good version of you know going directly to, to the afterlife. You know, they don't have. They worked out all their problems before they died. Right. So 
they don't need a flash sideways. Ah, uh, yes, right. I mean, I think that's a, a class of people, right? I mean, I don't know. We didn't see that, but I, I'm just assuming maybe that's true. It seems like it would be possible, yeah. I don't see why not. But, you know, like, regardless, you don't have guides there. I mean, you don't have, like, literally, like, supernatural beings showing up and, you know, basically telling them why they're there and what they're supposed to do and the fact mm-hmm. that they, you know, they set up this place for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I have another specific show in mind here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... So if I can say one positive thing about Lost, it's that, you know, even though it portrays an afterlife, it's still an afterlife where the people in it have to figure things out for themselves. They're not, they're not pushed this way and that by deities. Only other people like Desmond can push them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's, it's down to other people to, to make things happen. Yeah. So and people that you know know more or less uh, you know uh, uh, who are going on their own you know uh, interpretation of things mm-hmm. and what they mean and what they should do and why you know I mean some of the stuff Desmond does I think it's questionable whether he really needed to do all that mm-hmm. <laughs> like did he really need to hit lock with the with the car was that really necessary I don't, I don't think he needed to do any of that. I think everybody would have figured out. I mean, right? Isn't that the whole point? Is that they they should have, or at least it's, it's designed for them to figure it out on their own in their own way. Yeah. But yeah. This, but what we saw was just, you know, a version where Desmond instigates for it, it for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Desmond's like strangeness because he actually visits the afterlife while he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, causes him to be, Oops. yeah, <laughs> causes him to be the first one to remember, mm-hmm. and so and so he, I guess that he decides he's going to be the instigator in terms of um, getting everyone else to remember. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not unlike Inception, where they're all lost in purgatory. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean limbo. Oh yes, yes, totally different. The other, the other purgatory. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and you know, I think Inception actually, I think Limbo in Inception portrays a version of the same idea as the Flash Sideways. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I want to say, uh, in a way, like, better executed. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it, it captures a lot of the ideas of the Flash Sideways in a, in a, in a more, uh, more powerful way. Yeah. Yeah, because I think totally. I think the Flash Sideways is kind of is kind of polluted by the fact that it's pretending to be an alternate universe a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going around pretending to be an alternate universe. I hate when realities do that. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And so I yeah I feel like that that kind of uh, that kind of ruins it. Yeah. But uh, uh, not completely. But in terms of like what its purpose is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Inception really, um, really hit the nail on the head with the idea of this, you know, making making this place for yourself out of your own memories. Yeah. And getting lost in that, and yeah. And getting lost in that, yeah. 
Well, enough about good stories. Let's talk about homecoming. <laughs> oh. I kid homecoming. I kid. Um, oh, and uh, just to wrap up, yeah, uh, thanks for the email. And uh, I have heard the uh, Case Lost podcast a couple times. It may or may not still be running. There there are a couple new ones uh, uh, up. But uh, if you're if you're into, like, the music, it's it's all about that. Uh, it's, the music uh, of Lost. Yeah, yeah, and like, like largely on on a technical side in terms of like you know what what key is it in and you know like what uh, uh, instruments they're using and how they fit together and themes and variations and stuff like that. It's it's pretty cool if you're into that kind of stuff because there's you know there's a lot of music to pick apart if you're if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Cool, yeah, thanks for emailing us. And, uh, again, if anybody wants to uh, send us a shout-out, and uh, you can catch us where, Justin? Oh, God, us? Uh, well, lostlowdown at gmail.com if you want to send an email. Nice. There it is. Boom. We read them. This is proof. This is proof. <laughs> We're proving it. All righty. Um, let's do the countdown and get started. Cool. Can't wait for this one. Can't you now? <laughs> no, I can't. I think with that long green room, I think you can. <laughs> All right. Well, you know. Okay, guys and girls, we will uh, do the old 3-2-1-go and press play on our players on go. All right. All right. Three, two, one, go. Oh, no. You think that guy has superpowers? <laughs> sure we'll do. His, maybe we'll find his lair. <laughs> Humans can't step on chests like that. That was a sternum. He's a doctor, you see. Ah, yes. Wow, it's weird to think about two doctors fighting in that scene. Oh, yeah. I am not think about that. I don't think he's a doctor yet, though. Speaking of doctor. <laughs> Looking for the dog? Really, Locke? <laughs> Only because of the tumult can you get away with that excuse. You know, this is another one of those things where somebody comes out of the jungle week and they in the next scene they're just totally passed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Breathe, Claire, breathe. <laughs> Standard. <laughs> Wake up now. Okay. <laughs> like she's in a, she's hypnotized. That's all it is. Give her the magic word. Okay, I'm your brother. <laughs> ah! 
Oh, no, amnesia. <laughs> okay. Oh, this just feels so counterfeit. <laughs> Lost. Uh, yeah. Doesn't it feel counterfeit? Yeah. Who are you people? Don't worry, dear. You'll remember very shortly who they yeah, are. Yeah, how many scenes? Like two or three? <laughs> yes. Top. <laughs> Tom Cruise's cousin. <laughs> Do you remember Tom Cruise? <laughs> A pesky British rocker. <laughs> See, that's really recent. Mm-hmm. That was like two weeks ago. Your memory's not that bad. Whoa, it's been a month? Oh, a month ago. Episode 15? That's right. weird. That is weird. Ooh, gotcha. Oh, that's that question again. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lofidia says this is episode, I'm sorry, days 27 through 29 for this episode. Oh, okay. They had a couple of episodes that were two days. I see. What are they talking about? Claire. Of course. <laughs> he doesn't believe her. Mm-mm. That's my I-know-you-know-English face. <laughs> Why are you looking for the dog there? Mm-hmm. Wow, Claire was gone for two weeks? Apparently. OMG. <laughs> that was episode that's 10. That's so five episodes were two weeks? Yeah, wow. Time was crazy, season one. Time was crazy in season one. I think time was crazy in some other seasons, too. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I don't remember her having that at all. I just thought she didn't remember, like, what happened when she got kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Which, like, to me is obviously a contrivance so that they don't have to reveal anything. Yeah, exactly. This is when we get Ethan's flashback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was expecting a whoopsie to get Ethan's flashback. It would make sense. 
because he thought he had killed me. He left me hanging in a tree. I won't mention that part. <laughs> Does your accent sound different? <laughs> or is she just being, like, weird because she has amnesia? Maybe she forgot her accent. <laughs> We're lovers. You know you want to say that. <laughs> she really does. We're married. Oh, we're friends, all right. Yeah, exactly. That's my baby. He can tell her that's your baby. (laughs) You're really good. I think she'd have to believe him. (laughs) At least till the baby was born. (laughs) I think it's still, he can still pull it off. Yeah. Nice. Oh, God. You're French. You know, there's barely a difference. Mm-hmm. No idea. What They're I in think. London. Okay. I'm another. <laughs> so I guess, like, the band is not happening, and he's resorting to petty crime. I see. Wow, you all, everybody's playing on the jukebox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy just put that on. Oh, he actually put it on. Yeah, before, okay. before Charlie started talking, we see that guy go put uh, it on the ra- uh, jukebox. I see. Well, nice. she had the escape of the French woman. Mm-hmm. Well, see, Saeed doesn't have that information to factor into his theory. That's true. He is on the right track, though. She didn't escape on her own. I just love that he's second-guessing what's going on. Oh, absolutely. It's classic Saeed. Yeah. A lot. It's one season from now, exactly. Huh? What's this problem? Why is he walking with Jen? He's on his way to go talk to Claire, and I guess he just caught up to Jen. Okay. So something's got to happen, right? And this something crazy's got to happen. Otherwise, why are we talking? Yeah. Yeah, nothing's happening at the scene right now. Hush! The plot is moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's right. Kabam. Oh, Well, Smokey's throwing rocks now. <laughs> really should be him. But it's that guy. See, this is this is another... Oh, wow. That's scary. Yeah, he looks really scary. That shot. And his face is scratched inexplicably. Mm-hmm. Here's where he lifts him up. By his neck. Well, you have to to talk to him eye to eye, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's short. Because I think signing that Hippocratic Oath. <laughs> I wrote Daffy Duck. I mean, that's kind of scary as it would be if, if he was like, if I don't get her back, my deity will kill you all. <laughs> yeah. He will give you all spinal cancer. <laughs> One at a time. And mentally. <laughs> Where are their guns? Who's got a gun? Isn't there a gun? They got the case of guns. Who knows about that? Jack. <laughs> well, like you said, you know, we don't want to be unarmed. And why isn't he bringing up the guns? Uh-oh, here we go. Uh-oh. I don't actually have a plan. Yeah, cut, please, I don't have a plan. What others did you say? The others? <laughs> Why do you want the others to talk to you, Claire? Yeah. It'd be funny if he was like, Claire, they didn't talk to you before the accident either. <laughs> you think he's joking? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, surely you guess. That sounds stupid. <laughs> While I was gone for two weeks, you guys built a golf course. <laughs> you must be trying to lighten me up. Lighten the mood. <laughs> oh, she's going to get uh, disappointed pretty soon. Mm-hmm. 
Well, decide a sex, please. <laughs> a lump of sex. <laughs> so he's just going to try to steal something valuable? Yeah. Okay. He's just, like, casing her place. Something on display she'll never notice is missing. Winston Churchill. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Everyone who's British has something of Churchill's in their house. It's royal law. <laughs> I wish we had kings like Churchill. I kid. <laughs> Was he? What? They're really slow playing this backstory of his. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Kate. I was in a tree and I got this for you. (laughs) That's so what happened. Yep. So this is obviously the beginning of the the drama with the others. Yeah. And this is the point Ethan should have said, hey, my people, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Player is safe, don't worry. Yeah. You see, we got these fertility problems. She's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like, as... Like, for a... all they know, Jack could help. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they know who Jack is. Oh, the bag of cans! The bag of cans. Yes! That's going to stop any intruder, right, Justin? <laughs> the worst trap ever. Oh, man. I remember that podcast. <sighs> I'll never forget it. God. What was that bag of cans going to stop anybody? Even <laughs> seemed pretty strong. I just don't see why dropping a bag of cans in his head is really going to do anything. But mm-hmm. whatever, guys. Mm-hmm. Your plan. Wow, they have not had dinner with impressive people. (laughs) (laughs) This plot seems vaguely like match point. Mm, mm -hmm. Is he speaking tennis? Yeah. You weren't like drive shaft. (laughs) 
kind of digging himself in a hole here. He should just shut up. <laughs> yeah. The mood is plummeting. So the answer to this question was no. <laughs> <laughs> Are you recording a new album? No, sir. <laughs> End of scene. Perfect plan. The problem with that logic, of course, is if he does have a fix, then Wednesday will be bloody awful, right? <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, someday he's going to have to be bloody awful if you're going to continue to do drugs. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Look at Boone. I know. <sighs> I don't know why, but he comes off weird when he tries to be the tough guy. Boone? Yeah, Boone. Yeah, because he's not a tough guy. Yeah. And he falls asleep. He's falling asleep. Ken Bag? Alarm went off. <laughs> He's just running in a random direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we cut. Didn't help at all. I'll get him. Gonna spear someone. Russell, Russell, Russell. All right, I'm gonna stab whoever that is. Mm-hmm. Not if I. Oh, God, he fell first. And it's Vincent. Oh, jeez. Wow. Like, stab him. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Boo. <laughs> did I lick your face? <laughs> I did a good job. See, that's Vincent doing that stuff on purpose. That, that looked yeah. like a puppet, that last shot. Did you catch that? Yeah. It's like they had a puppet as for Vincent. It's like Vincent was a diversion. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan Cinnamon. Aquaman. (laughs) 
Jeez, Ethan. <laughs> Wow, fucking Scott gets a funeral. Scott gets a funeral. Who knows? Wow. Like, that's crazy. There's way bigger characters that don't get a funeral. This is, this is when they're trying to make it seem like the red shirts are just as important. Yeah. That character standing next to Hurley, he didn't get a funeral. No. Those people don't get a funeral. She's getting water. No funeral for her. <laughs> She didn't really need a funeral. But she didn't get one. No. <laughs> Technically, you are. <laughs> so you're a liar. You're evil incarnate. Well, that baby. <laughs> now, tell me who I am. <laughs> Sweating like a hog. (laughs) (laughs) This is, you know, this is Penny and Desmond. Yeah. You know. He's trying to look good for their father and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. He's got to hook up with the job. Oh, yeah. So the father actually wants to help, and he's actually trying to steal stuff. Mm-hmm. I had drugs on stage. That's so true. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. I feel like he should have just done the drugs. Yeah. Well, you know? he, he hasn't. He has. He can't do the drugs yet because he's got to steal this first, right? He didn't steal anything to get drug money. Oh, he's got to steal the thing to get the drugs. Okay. Yeah. Really, I mean, what's weird is he's. You know, if he. If he had a fix now, he might be able to get through the first week or two at work or something and then have enough money to buy his own drugs. <laughs> that's a, yeah. But he, that's what's weird is he's trying to be respectable and actually get a job. Yeah. And not just steal to make his living, you know. Right. But it's just a bad time to blow it. It is. 
Like, it would be better if he could get through this and then quit mm-hmm. later. Just practically, I think. Yeah. I'm not suggesting anyone go do heroin. I wasn't listening. Sorry. What did you say? Don't let this scar on my eye fool you. I'm not a badass. Ah, I think now he's going to bring up the guns. Yeah. This is where I summon the smoke monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> For those people who are listening and uh, not watching the video, of course, I'm kidding. He's not. <laughs> he's opening the case of guns. <laughs> Never shot a gun before in my life. <laughs> now, I guess you've got hunting experience with old daddy, right? Yes. That is like the, you know, that's the only thing you can do to show that you know how to work a gun. Mm-hmm. Like, take out the clip, make sure it's loaded, look at the sights, make sure yep. it's lined up, and you, you prove you know how to use a gun. That is like movie shorthand. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the westerns, it was you put the gun on your finger, right? You'd mm-hmm. <laughs> and then put it back in the holster. You Besides my guitar? <laughs> Solid pace, useless as usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as useless in his flashback as he is in his presence. <laughs> this is how a copier works. <laughs> This is such a weird, like, presentation. <laughs> like, these people are going to, like, they're driving him. Really, guys? Listen, if you can't beat the previous guy's copy record, then we're not going to buy your copy. Or, like, guys. And they're playing this weird, like, jaunty mandolin stuff. They're trying to make it lighthearted. Yeah. Even though he's having heroin. It's heroin of the draws that they're, like... <laughs> Yucking it Kaplan up could, with. Kaplan could do wonders with this scene, right? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, Classic that. tramp right there. <laughs> yeah. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Where he threw Modern off of his heroin withdrawal? <laughs> Modern times, Indeed. <laughs>
<rire> Moi. Un Sawyer. Et one fake Sawyer, un shot. <rire> we'll talk about that later. So I guess Sawyer didn't know what was in the case. He never figured it out. Jack could have told him right there. Mm-hmm. He even looked at the case. Hey, like yeah. He didn't say anything. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is that the Marshall's gun? Mm-hmm. Boom. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's some uh, NRA thinking right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you advocates for the pro-gun so lobby. It's so it's weird that, like, the only reason he couldn't come was there wasn't enough guns, right? Oh, no, yeah. he couldn't use a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't know how to use a gun. This is a great, like, build-up moment. I love the yeah. music. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Shit's getting creepy. Yeah. Cut to the black clouds, and now it's raining. Yeah, they didn't do stuff like this that often. That was that was weird. Yeah. It's like atmosphere building. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any story to tell. <laughs> oh. Let's build some atmosphere. Build some time, screen time. I like that, though. Yeah, it works. Nice. Maybe I'll take atmosphere over story. Mm-hmm. Atmosphere doesn't let you down. It really <laughs> So true. So true. It's like they're hunting the predator or something. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like Kate should be in the tree. Yeah. Where's Kate? I don't know. They haven't shown her. She's going to swing down from a vine or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he came out of the earth. <laughs> it really did, yeah. That was a horror movie appearance. That was like Freddy Krueger or something. Yeah. There she is. Round two. Jack and uh, Ethan. Mm-hmm. How about that rematch? All right, Ethan. Since you're superhuman, this should be no problem. Mm-hmm. He did get back up. True. He's just a better fighter, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> 
Nice gag. You know, oh. Zach's got the tenacity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all just like standing over around. Over here, over here, Jack's got him. I know. You could have helped him earlier, guys. Yeah. No, nah, he's got it now. He does got it now. Claire, come with me next to my knife. <laughs> he's taking a lot of hits, you know. Either Jack's weak or Ethan's strong. Yeah. He definitely comes off strong. Yeah. Knocking out already. Jeez. What happens I was, I was tap on the head? Still he still not even knocked out. Yeah. What happens when a tap on the head makes you fall, go to sleep? <laughs> Jack doesn't seem to know how to do the tap. <laughs> and he's a doctor. Yeah, who or what? See, there it is. Who or what? Totally. Oh. Okay, that'll do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not that superhuman. Wow, Charlie. Five to the chest. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> Where did you get that gun? Oh, that's what Jack dropped? Yes. Is that what happened? I guess it is. Probably. I forgot where he got his gun. I was trying so to I remember. I guess he did know how to use a gun. Uh, apparently so. He gets really close and everyone's done all the work. Wow. That's awful. I mean, that's good storytelling, but it's awful where you get some answers from Ethan. I know. Yeah, I was pretty so... good plan. Their plan worked. They trapped him. Yeah. You're right. Jack in his purple cutoff shirt. Again. But they were supposed to take him alive. Mm-hmm. They, they really should have just had Charlie go with them. That's the thing. It comes like... off like, I mean, that's not what he's about to say here, but it comes off like if they had just let Charlie in, then mm-hmm. he would have been under control, and he wouldn't have it's done probably that. could have got some blows in or something. Yeah, exactly, like, to release his anger. Yes, I do, Charlie. That's why we did this plan, because I that thought was, he would tell us. <laughs> that was the point. Well, Horace and Amy are going to be sad that their son just dies. You <laughs> <laughs> know, I guess they're dead. Yeah, thanks, they're dead. Thanks, Purge, we don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. Can't you tell I've been crying? <laughs> Look at my makeup. <laughs> this is not my happy face. We call it sick here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was redundant. You liar.
I love copiers. <laughs> <laughs> Lost. Lost. <laughs> well, you know what his problem was, right? Because obviously he could he could make a case that he didn't actually go sell, you know, he didn't go pawn the 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 trinket to get drugs. Yeah, that wasn't his true. priority. His priority was doing the copier job. Yeah. His problem really was not that he took it, but that he took he you know he should have realized if he wasn't going to sell it before work, then he could steal it later. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it, you know that was kind of his problem. But I guess he thought, well, I'll steal it now, and on the way home from work. I'll pawn it and get money and go get right. drugs. I imagine it was Have like a... he had the opportunity. It was kind of impulsive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he didn't necessarily count on, you know, ending up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Fatal flaw. It was. It truly was. Ah, there we go. Because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> because there was no peanut butter. <laughs> She's like, that's less interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping we had peanut butter on this island right now. <laughs> I actually like peanut butter. Why wouldn't Claire care about having answers to what happened to her? Like, her baby, anything could have happened to her or her baby, and she didn't actually seem interested. Yeah. And, in, in, you know, she's not mad at Charlie for killing Ethan. Right. Well, she wants answers in season two. Okay. <laughs> she's she just not there that yet. She wanted answers yet? Yeah. It takes her a while. <laughs> you know, Claire just... Mm-hmm. Claire just takes a while. She's like, she's telling Charlie I want to trust you, and in a couple episodes, isn't he going to try to drown her baby? <laughs> Law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. All right, so no cliffhanger. They just sort of resolved the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, that episode... Yeah, I feel like that might have been the end of a little arc for uh, this middle part of the season. Yeah, it is. Like, that episode yeah. pretty much, like... Wrapped up the Ethan story. Yeah. Like, at this point, they don't have to say anything more about it for a while, and they don't, really. And Because they never established that he was working with other people or anything like mm-hmm. that. They, they they made him by himself the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, like, and they, they're, you know, by removing Claire's memory and, you know, by not, by by having Ethan killed, they, they cut off all sources of information. Mm-hmm. Until they're good and ready to tell us more. Yeah. And, like, really, like, even though Claire, like, you know, wants her answers in season two, even then, like, we still don't learn that much. It isn't until, like, season three that we learn anything more about Ethan. Yeah. In terms of, like, who he is and what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Totally. So it's Makes it's sense. really a long time coming to learn just some basic answers about what this story is. Yeah. You know, cause from their perspective, like, you know, he's just this fucking like psychotic man who's, who's attacking people and, mm-hmm. and kidnapping this one pregnant woman for, for completely obscure reasons. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's like 
to them, like, there's no story there. There's just this crazy guy that they need to stop, mm-hmm. you know? So it's weird. It's weird to watch it from that point of view. Yeah, it's so long before they, you know, they get into any of that stuff. Giving her amnesia was good. I, I'm curious to see how it plays out in the next couple episodes. When does she start becoming Claire again? Because she, you know, she remembers peanut butter now. So. Right. I feel like that's kind of symbolic that she kind of is just going to mm-hmm. remember everything pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, it's telling us that it's coming back to her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't remember the Ethan stuff until season two. But I think, yeah. It, I mean, as I recall, like it's not. It's not long that they have her with amnesia. Yeah. I actually thought she'd remember all in this episode, but not quite. Not quite. So, yeah, I do yeah. think, you know, that flashback was not the greatest. Um, um, although, um, I will say, like, it had more focus than the previous Charlie flashback, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of all over the place. Like, this one at least had a story, you know, like, simple, like, story that was contained to a reasonable length of time. And, you know, the arc sort of made sense. Yeah. I don't really know why they're... I don't know really what the point of his backstory is, (laughs) like, at this point. I mean, it's just another example of, of how his addiction sort of, you know... Yeah, ruin something, and uh, you know, and this idea that he was trying to be a good, a good, proper gentleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he wanted to make something of himself, and I I think it's vaguely supposed to you know explain his motivations, but uh, yeah, I I feel like the I feel like they never actually figured out a good, um, a good like flashback story to tell for him. Yeah, you know, what's weird is he his you know these flashback stories a lot of them are dealing with, you know, the drugs and it's, he he's done with that on the island. So it's kind of weird yeah. flashing back to that crisis, you know. When yeah. sort of over it on the island. And I think the show like sort of was stuck on that. I mean, that was his original problem, you know, mm-hmm. when he first crashed there. And yeah. it just seems like they, they just got, like, they could never get away from that because, you know, they're they're making this about the addiction. Like you said, he's beyond it, but pretty soon they're going to introduce the statues, bring mm-hmm. the heroin back. Yeah. And, and then they're going to do that all again. Yeah. And then it's all over again. And really it feels like once they've decided, well, we can't do the addiction again, then it's time to kill him off. Because they didn't, they didn't. I don't think they had any more story for him. Yeah. Like it was like he's an addict and he kicked it, and that's about all we have for yeah, him. Yeah, and he got to he got to be a hero and he saved some people. And, yeah, uh, and of course. There you go. Exactly, but like his, his, I guess his backstory it just doesn't have a lot of depth. No. You know, it's, it's very like, like one like dimensional. Back story, you know, it's like yeah. back story. It's just not that. Not that intricate. True. Although I think Kate's has more to it than Charlie's does. Yeah. But yeah. but I agree. Like compared to Jack or Locke or what ha- or what have you, it's there's not mm-hmm. a lot there. Mm-hmm. It's it's very like one dimensional. It's it's all focused on this very simple idea. 
but but I do I do think like the, this one was more coherent. But I, I do kind of understand like you know when I originally saw this, it was it was very frustrating that Claire doesn't remember anything. Charlie shoots Ethan. We mm-hmm. completely lose our opportunity to learn anything new about this plot thread, which, as I mentioned when we watched Strays by Another, was like you know the most interesting thing to me on the show at that point. Yeah. So I you know. I was not happy with how that came out. And I, I guess I feel like, you know, that combined with the, uh, you know, the the basic, like, irrelevance of the flashback is maybe why uh, Damon Lindelof really doesn't like this episode. Mm-hmm. That would is be my theory. Least favorite? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think, like, some of the atmosphere uh, atmosphere? Why did I pronounce it that way? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> I, I wanted to add stuff to it. I just put extra syllables in there. Um, some of the atmosphere and, like, you know, the way Ethan is presented and stuff, like, it's pretty scary. Like, it's pretty intense and strong. And, I, you know, I, I like that style. Um, and I like the basic plot of... Um, you know, let's trap Ethan. Let's, you know, let's try to, you know, let's try to team up and and fight him off. And you know, I, I like I like that idea. You know, I love it. It was like, hey, you know, Ethan wants Claire. What are we gonna do? I don't know. Let's get five people with five guns and go after. I mean, they were way over over prepared for that. Yeah. Because uh, he came unarmed, which is weird. Um, yeah. And it's also weird, like. I didn't catch how they set up this meeting. Did they just send Claire into the jungle, like, and yeah, they just knew Ethan would be watching, or did he say send her at a specific location? I didn't catch that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess <laughs> you know Ethan was saying, you know, give me Claire or I'll kill them, and I, so I guess the idea was like just have Claire wandering in the jungle, and he'll he'll come for her. <laughs> he'll just find her. Okay. Yeah, which he did. He did. Hey, it worked. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, maybe it was the area where Charlie met Ethan originally. That that would be my best guess. Like, You know, what's weird about how they set that up is it's like the way they the way they, they showed that scene, it was like Claire is in the middle of all these trees, and then, you know, everyone is in the perimeter around her. Yeah. But then when Ethan shows up, she runs away from them all. Yeah. And then Jack has to run after, and then he, he you know, attacks Ethan. And that's why... The you know Jack's backup takes so long getting there because Claire runs away from where they're all yeah. staying, and it, obviously it's more dramatic when she's running and he's chasing her. But it's like that shouldn't have been part of the plan. Yeah, I want to say Claire deviated from the plan in a panic. Yeah, yeah she just panicked and started running. Yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe she was supposed to run a different way or something, and mm-hmm. she just kind of didn't didn't quite do it right. Yeah. Well, you know, overall, not a horrible episode, but it's it's um, all to me the best stuff is those two or three scenes about Claire and Ethan. Um, you yeah, know, the, that's that's about it. Uh, the backstory doesn't really give you much. I remember when I first saw this, thinking it was interesting, seeing uh, seeing Charlie like con Lucy, but it's such a lame con, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. You know, it's just, you know. But uh, the next episode is Sawyer's backstory. Yes. 
So uh, that'll be interesting. Outlaws. Yes, yes. I think that's the boar one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that boar. I feel like I feel like after this we get a kind of reset. Yeah. Where where we kind of go back into the the mode of like those those episodes before Raised by Another where it was just kind mm-hmm. of you know this character and that character and and the plot wasn't moving very much. Like just daily life on the island. What are they doing today? Yeah. 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 I I think like the plot you know doesn't really pick up steam until later in the season. Yeah. When everyone finds out, like they haven't even explicitly shown or mentioned the hatch in since like oh. Hearts and Minds, I think. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, like it's well, insinuated. Two episodes. I feel like it's been a long time. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, guess even then, it was originally found it. only lightly mentioned. And yeah, I think they originally found it in All the Best Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like, you know, like four episodes ago, but like, there's been no development on it at all. No. So everyone has to find out about it. Also, like Michael needs to start his raft. He hasn't done that yeah. yet. Yeah. That's um, so yeah, like those threads start moving and then that's when like act three kicks in, which yeah. is, which is basically about those two things. So I think uh, I think we're gonna head back into just like you said, just kind of you know, average daily life uh, for the survivors and mm-hmm. and just filling out their backstories more. Yeah, I mean I, the others should should want to like storm in the next day when they realize Ethan is dead, right? Like you would think like, so. Kill all these people who kill their guy. You know, our lead. Doctor on all the right. So yet still the lead or something I don't know, but well yeah, you know, they only have two doctors, right? Yeah, Ethan was the surgeon and Julia was the fertility expert, something yeah. like that. But uh, yeah, they I don't know they'll retaliate later. <laughs> they're they're busy ordering their props and their costume supplies. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that fake mustache. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, well anything else on homecoming? Um I was gonna mention something. Um I seem to have forgotten it. Um like player. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone. Ah, well. Uh, nice. I think that's it. Um, I'm sure I'll think of it later. All righty. Well, thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next. Uh, we'll be. <laughs> We will be back <laughs> next week. Yes. And um, we're making progress. We're like halfway through season one. We are. Slowly but surely wins the race. Yes. A, a turtle told me that. <laughs> really? 
Yeah, I don't know why he was talking, but... Yeah, it's kind of scary. Expert on winning races. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to bring up, we, we mentioned it as it was happening, but Sawyer's little line, like, who or what is this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, at the very least, they're they're lightly insinuating that he might be something other than... Yeah, right before he gets killed, and there's no way to find out for sure, yeah. they throw in this extra idea of what is he. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being, like, blown away that they kept hitting him and he kept getting up. Mm-hmm. But, like, now when and I watch it... what could be, you know, he could mean what in terms of, you know, what, uh, you know, what, uh, what, you know, is he a soldier or something? Right. You know, what is he? He's a military mercenary, you know, he's a mercenary. Yeah. He's a whatever. But still, it makes him seem like he's otherworldly, you know? Yes, yes. But, like, watching it now, it's like, you know, he's he's tough. He's a good fighter. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're just punching him a lot. I mean, it's not, yeah. you know, it's not as bad. It it's like he's picking up a rock and, you know, hitting him on the head with a rock and Ethan's still not getting knocked out. I mean, he's yeah. really punching him in the face. Exactly. But, you know. And I think, really, he doesn't get knocked out because Charlie's about to shoot him. Right. Right. You know, if, if they were going to talk to him later or something, you know, tie him up and talk to him, I think he would have gotten knocked out after a couple of hits. Yeah. Yeah. And so given that he's strong, like, Charlie is a pretty small, light guy. It's like, well, okay, mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess he can lift him up by his neck. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that's, you know, feasible. I mean, it's a little bit. I imagine, you know, he's dragging Charlie clear to the jungle. Uh, and then he gets to the point where he wants to, you know, wants to uh, um, hang Charlie from the tree, and he, you know, he, he, I don't know, pushes Claire down or, you know, pushes Claire out of the way and knocks Charlie out, mm-hmm. you know, and then just quickly makes a rope moose out of vines and uh, hoists it over a tree and then puts, you know, stands Charlie up and puts it over his neck and then and then hoists him up, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now, what, what's Claire doing while this is happening? I don't know, but... <laughs> I think that's why they didn't show it. She's she's forgetting that she's watching it. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hard to I for quite a long time I held out hope that somehow we'd see it. They'd go back and show how it happened. We could have in season five, right? That would have been the time. You're damn right. Class. They even had an Ethan show up in one of the one of the time travel things. They could they could have totally had Locke like drop in on Ethan hanging Charlie. Oh God, that would have been awesome. I would have loved to have seen that. Oh well, I, I, I that actually wasn't what I was referring to though. Although it's a good thing to bring up. Uh, I was referring to in this episode when Ethan picks Charlie up by the neck and oh, pins him yeah, against yeah, the yeah. tree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I guess that's doable. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he's really just pressing him against the tree, so that's easier than, like, sort of holding him up right. for an extended period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's funny about that is, like I said, realistically, to get that shot of them, of him staring Charlie in the face, he's got to lift him up. Right. You know, so if it was, like, you know, Ethan and Jack, I don't, you know, I don't think you'd see Ethan lifting up Jack. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there would be no point for that. 
But they do, like, make it a point to cut to Charlie's feet off the ground to make clear that he's doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not just to put the, like, they want to make it a point that he's doing it, not just, like, to have their faces eye to eye. Yeah. You know, even though that is that is clearly a big part of the reason. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, he's showing it. But, I mean, those two things go together, right? It's like. He he has to lift them up for them to be eye to eye, and in order for them to be lifted up, this guy has you know the the smaller guy has to be weaker, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, it just works. And obviously, they're trying to show Ethan being strong. Um. But you know, it's not like you just have a tall, weak person lifting up a very heavy, small person. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't do that just to get their eye lines to to line up. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the other strange thing was the, uh, was, you know, with Scott, like, I guess I, I exaggerated a little bit what they say. They don't actually say he broke every single bone in his body. Mm-hmm. They, you know, she just starts listing things that he broke. And I guess the most impressive one was all the bones in his fingers. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, to me, Ethan, Ethan, that's just overkill. <laughs> Like he and I don't understand do how he did that. that. I don't. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know where he did he do that in the water. Did he come up through the water, drag Scott out into the water, and then drag him on the beach somewhere else, and then do all this stuff? And then you know, I don't understand how you can, you know, be. Yeah, I just don't know how he did it. You know, I don't yeah. Know what that looks like. And another thing is like the whole coming in from the water thing. Mm-hmm. They just say that, but they don't quite. They don't quite explain how, like... Well, I assume he, you know, he, he swam, you know, he, you know, they can only guard so much of the beach, right? So he, you know, walks up as close to the perimeter as possible and then just swims out to the ocean around, you know. Oh, okay. Because all they can, you know, the ocean is an open side. The beach, right. you know, the water is an open side. So they can only guard sort of, you know, three sides of their area. The, the other side is open, all you have to okay. do is swim, swim far enough, and you can get to any other part of the beach. I see. I see. So okay. I think that's I think that's how he got in. I'm just wondering where did the bone breaking take place? Like, did he come in from the water and drag Scott out and and do all that in the water? I mean, that's I don't believe that. <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah. And I think you'd need a tool at some point to break mm-hmm. some of the fingers in your bone. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't have enough leverage just to sort of uh, physically break some of the shorter bones. Right, right. And I just wouldn't expect him to be so meticulous. Like, it's just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I, why not just, like, snap his neck and be done with it? Like, Well, I, I got the sense that, that that he's trying to show how serious he is. Yeah. Like he's trying to, he, he's going, he's he's doing it overkill so he can, so, so they so they don't want it to happen to anybody else. And, and so it can be clear that Scott didn't just, you know, get washed up in a in a riptide or something. Right, right. And, and and you know, it's like no, somebody you know, tactically did this. But yeah. it, it is weird, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just it sits up. It sits sits up. I, what kind of expression am I going for? I don't know. Something about a dog, apparently. It sits <laughs> up when you call it. I, I'm going for some weird metaphor that doesn't. No one uses. I, I was going to say it's it, next to like the behavior of the others that we see at other times. It just it it compares strangely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Like 
we we see other others kill people and like none of them none of them are 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 kill you know he's killing like a horror movie villain. Well, I think they're trying to say he's killing like a doctor. You know, I think I think that's anytime you know somebody does you know there's oh he broke every bone in somebody's body. I feel like it says a person has medical knowledge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because some of the bones, you don't know where they are. But you still, know, it takes a special kind of, you know, sadism to take your medical knowledge and use it to kill mm-hmm. someone, you know, in a... Well, it takes a certain kind of sadism to do anything he's been doing. I think, you know, taking a guy and hanging him in a tree, I think, is pretty drastic. You know, leaving him in the die is pretty drastic. Uh, you know, he's... He's obviously in sort of a mad scientist mode where he's willing to do whatever it takes to, uh, you know, finish his research or whatever. So, right, he's definitely psychotic. No, I agree. That, but what I'm saying is, I, I feel like that kind of goes beyond. I mean, it goes beyond like even even the stuff Ben did. I mean, Ben would kill people, but you know, it was for a purpose, and it wasn't. He wasn't gonna just like overkill the killing. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it's Ethan trying to send a message, I think, right? I mean, to me, that's that, that's the explanation I have for why he does the over, why he goes overboard. Yeah, because he doesn't yeah. want to. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, look at it from his perspective. He doesn't want to kill someone every night just to get Claire back. Right. He wants it to be one. You know, he wants it to be zero killings, and he gets Claire back. Yeah. But okay, that didn't work. So now he's going to go for one killing to get Claire back, and that works. Yeah. You know, because he didn't just snap the guy's neck or drown the guy. He 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 scared them by being yeah. that. Oh, you know. So I, I think that's why he did it, and I think story wise, you know, it's because he's a doctor that they that they that he sort of does the whole bone thing. You know. Yeah. 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 But you're right. It is it is a, a very uh, extreme thing to do. Yeah. But it works for what he's trying to get them to and do. And just like even if you can make sense of it tactically, still for you know just for loss, like the way they portrayed villains, it just wasn't very common to have like you know villains that would would like kill people in horrific ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like typically it was just it was more like less... by a smoke monster. <laughs> Does that count? I don't know. Like being banged against a tree? I don't know if that counts. Yeah, like to me, typically it was it was mostly straightforward things. They would be yeah. shot or they'd be stabbed. Well, and, yeah, yeah, I agree. I you mean, know, this, is a, this is an outlier, but there's other yeah. outliers, you know. Yeah, I mean, like... Ben hung lock. Yeah. You know, they didn't do that that much. Yeah, well, he, he choked him to death, really. Well, okay, yeah, he choked him to death, that's right. So that's again like you know if he if he choked him to death and then like I don't know dismembered him or something, you know like Dexter kind of stuff. Like I feel like that's that's sort of what Ethan's methods remind me of. Yeah. You know, like being that meticulous about it. Like it 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 expresses a kind of like commitment to the killing that you know m- typically in Lost you just don't see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's because it's a killing where he's trying to send a message. Right. Those killings, they're not trying to send a message. They're not yeah. trying, They're not in that situation of it, it being this sort of uh, hostage negotiation or whatever kind of situation. Yeah. But, you know, like, they have, you know, in, in at the end of season three, they have that standoff where they have, uh, where they have Saeed and Bernard and Jen captured, and they're threatening to kill him. You know, they're just going to shoot him in the head. Like, that's the only threat they're making. 
mm-hmm. you know. So so it's not, you know, they're going to do like horrendous things to their bodies. <laughs> they're just going to kill them. You well, know? But, yeah, but they're not trying to send a message. I mean, they already have I think have they are the sending a message. I mean, they're, but, they're, but I'm saying they, they already have the people that they could potentially kill, right? Yeah. So they're not necessarily trying to scare non-captives into doing something because he, they already have the people that he's, that they're going to kill if the, if the Lossies don't do whatever they're trying to get well, them to do. Well, isn't that the point, though? Like, the the threat of killing them is trying to scare them into, you know, uh, obeying what they want, which is, you know, uh, n- not calling the freighter. Yeah, but he, but he already, he already has captive, you know, more than one hostage. So it's well, I'm just saying it's a diff- a little bit of a situation because Ethan is getting one person at a time. Like he's going to come attack one person at a time. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it, like if if they start the negotiations with Ethan already having three people. I don't think he would have to, you know, he could just say, I'm going to kill these people. That's a bigger threat than than that, than sort of scaring them with this message of this could happen to you too. Because yeah. he's already got the people, you know, Ben already has the people he's going to kill. Well, it just, it reminds me like, you know, the game they play is Ben's like, okay, if they don't do it in 60 seconds, shoot one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's sort of like what Ethan does to Scott, like, okay, I'll kill one of them so you know I'm serious. Mm-hmm. And then the other two are the remaining threat, like, so that it will continue to make sure that now that you're scared, now you'll really comply. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, that situation is pretty similar to what Ethan's doing. You know, so... Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely similar, but I feel like there's a, there's a difference between the immediacy of killing somebody outright and then saying... You know, the the way Ethan set up his, his, his threat, basically, was I'm going to kill a person every night until I get Claire back. Yeah. You know. So I think it's it's a little bit different because of how he set, he set up the, the hostage scenario. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not exactly I mean, yeah, the they same. Could, they could make it, they could, I mean, I think, basically, I think you're right, I mean, Ben could have said, "Hey, I'm going to break every bone in their body and then kill them." I yes. mean, that would have just heightened the stakes. I don't. I mean, he could have done that too. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all I'm saying is like they're they're not at that point they're not doing anything like that. You know, it's just yeah. It's, well, like I said, I think this is an Ethan thing. I mean, Ethan did that. He's operating on his own this whole right. in this whole thing anyway. So I think it's just I think you're right. It's an outlier in how they portray killing, and I and I think it's an outlier because you know, what I said before about, you know, Ethan being a doctor and yeah. sort of going to great lengths to, 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 to get Claire back and all that stuff. I think, yeah, I think it is an outlier. I think he's also, like, like feverishly committed to this uh, yeah. project. And so I think he's he's taking it to a level, which is kind of crazy, but he's taking it to a level beyond where, you know, um, where where even, like, Ben is going to go. Mhm. Like I, I, I guess, but like it still is weird to me that like, you know, we get this this kind of stuff early in the show, and it's just it's 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 a little bit out of bounds for what they normally do. Mhm. You know, even even though like as you say, you know, it makes sense. It's not it's not as though you can't rationalize it. It's just. Still, it, it's um, 
it's just a strange little piece of the the show because you know they don't they don't return to this kind of thing. Well, it's an extreme, and I think you know pretty much every element of the show has those extreme examples of something. So I think it's you know it, yeah. it makes sense in that in that way. Yeah. But you know, we don't have to worry about Ethan too much more until we get you know time travel. We're gonna, we're gonna get strangely like a lot more Ethan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think here we're done with the evil, scary Freddy Krueger Ethan. Yeah, we're never gonna see that guy again. No, he's done. From now on, Ethan is just a nice guy, just a nice boy who, you mm-hmm. know. He was a surgeon, and he likes to fix plumbing for old ladies. And yep. you know, wait a minute, he likes to fix old ladies' plumbing. <laughs> hey, now, <laughs> I'll save that for the after hours podcast. <laughs> and you know what? He he lost his life in childbirth, and mm-hmm. and maybe he got a little carried away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe he overreacted. Maybe he overreacted. Can but you blame like, him? We are never going to see the like terrifying creature that is portrayed in these episodes again. Yeah. So I yeah, say R.I.P. Ethan. Yeah, yeah, R.I.P. Evil Ethan. He never really comes back. Yeah. I, the the other version of Ethan, I just it's always been hard for me to reconcile with this character. Hmm. You know, I I think they they do all the work that they should to tie them together, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I need I need something more horrific to explain why Ethan is like this. Mhm. Yeah, I don't know where the jumping off point is. I mean, I think I think maybe the answer is just that he felt like he was close with Claire, or so you know, he felt like you know because he's he's really the happy-go-lucky Ethan while he's at the beginning of this show when he's infiltrated them, right? Like, he's he's that same kind of Ethan that we'll see in the flashbacks in season two, but but it's really when he has Claire in his grasp and he, he you know, he's doing with, you know, all that stuff to her and then she, and then she escapes that he, he goes insane. So I, I would have to just assume that, you know, he feels like he's, you know, in the, on the brink of something and it's driving him insane because he wants Claire back. Right. But, you know, he wasn't, like, obviously crazy when he's infiltrated. He wasn't really acting odd. He was acting like a normal guy before, so. Um, yeah. Well, see, I, to me, that was like, you know, he, he <laughs> it's not it's not that he's, um, you know, it's not that he's irrational. It's not that he, he, he understands, you know, how to carry out a plan and, you know, he's cunning and stuff. And, yeah, he infiltrated them for a certain amount of time, you know, so. I mean, to me, that makes him scarier because he can turn it off. It's not like he's a wild animal or something, you know. He, I feel like I feel like the way to look at it, since they didn't, since when we get the backstory, like it doesn't really make sense why he's this maniacal guy in in these episodes. I feel like then the way to look at it is to say that you know he's always the nice guy and he becomes maniacal when you know when he has Claire. Yeah. You know, so when he's infiltrated them, I mean, he's he's pretending because he's another, and he's not telling that, but his personality is still his personality. Like right. If, if there's an old lady who needed a plumbing fix, he would, you know, he'd help her out. Yes, yes. No, I, I mean, I think that is the correct answer in the end. It's just that, 
like at this point in the show, all we know is that he infiltrated them, and then once we once that infiltration was uncovered, mm-hmm. he's this guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that that makes it seem like this is the guy he really is, and the you know mm-hmm. the other Ethan was just pretending. Whereas mm-hmm. I think your answer is closer to the truth that actually the infiltrating Ethan was pretty similar to the real Ethan, and this crazy Ethan is the anomaly. Yeah, into the Ethan where he feels like he's, you know, he's, 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 you know, uh, dead set on finding this cure to this thing that killed his wife, and here's another person who, you know, Claire is a, another patient who can help him get close, and or maybe he has found something promising, and you know, he's gonna do whatever it takes to 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 not uh, lose that. Yeah. And yeah. Instead of talking to them, he decides to be violent. I know. I, it does seem like some, you know, a very simple, um, mm-hmm. a very like simple conversation. Trial, you know, long, could you join a medical trial for us, please? You know, I can give you some medical care, tell you how your baby's doing. You know, he could have offered it like that. Absolutely. You know, but yeah, he, you know, part of his problem is the others aren't approving of what he's doing. I guess because he's supposed to be getting lists. And right. So, you know, so he can't really just get you know be honest about what he's doing with them so right right not only that like we're not um you know if he if he's offering her like you know medical uh assistance you know that's going to raise questions mm-hmm. <laughs> you know at a certain point like you know there it's it's going to come to a head like okay you guys you got you know you've got a whole like group over there what's up like can we can you get us off the island like what's mm-hmm, going on exactly yeah you know um so i think you know if he starts if he starts being open with them it is a slippery slope to like all right guys you know seriously help us out with more than just like medical care mhm yeah which is why he does what he does and it doesn't work out that well for him and you know like by the way who are you people and what are you doing here yeah exactly just FYI I don't know F-R-I (laughs) what's F-R-I F-Our-I oh F-Our-I right. (laughs) of course not (laughs) F-O-I No, no, no. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think you, you have exactly the right read. It's just, you know, the memories. The memories <laughs> of the way it was. Yes. I can't, you know, when I watch the show, I can I can still kind of remember the, you know, what this experience was originally like and, uh, you know, I kind of uh, I miss that original perspective. Yeah, because it was interesting, and like because they've specified so little, they actually could they actually could expand the story of Ethan in a lot of ways at this point. Mhm. You know, they don't have to tell us what they eventually tell us. Yeah, totally. So I think you know that I, I, I even though I was frustrated with not learning things, you know probably at least like subconsciously I liked the fact that I could still speculate what happened to Claire when she was gone, you know, 
who is Ethan really? What is he doing? It, who, does he have collaborators? Like, what's what's the story? Because we don't learn it. Yeah. You know? So many questions. <laughs> so many answers. Yes, and we will not be getting answers on those anytime soon. No. But, you know, I guess, uh, yeah. The others don't really reappear until uh, the end of the season, I think. I tell you, they're waiting on their order for their costume supplies. I'm telling you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they're getting tents and fans and patches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good point. That's a lot of shit to set up. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, you know, it's weird because they actually have real, like, camping equipment and, like, Real like rugged clothing, but they're not going to use that. No. They they're going to use the prop version. Yep, yep. And it's two to six weeks of delivery, so it's still waiting. <laughs> you know that's actually pretty good for an island that's invisible to the outside world. Yeah, yeah. Well, FedEx, you know, it's right on their path, <laughs> right on their delivery route. So. <laughs> wow, wow. I, Alrighty, well, I think that's it for homecoming. I think so, yes. Yes. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, Outlaws. Can't wait. Thanks and namaste. Namaste and good luck. <laughs>